them, Fancy Dinosaurs is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Again, Fancy Dinosaurs, the shit-talking podcast for movies, TV, shows, and pop culture. And I am your, one of your hosts, Kyle. And today with me, we have Nerdy Nick. Hello, everyone. Hi, Nick. How you going? Pretty good. That's awesome. And we have Polly Tractor. Yep. How you going, Paul? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yes, um, I'm going good. That other guy, Nick, um, he, he died again. He died. He, he got hit by he he, um, he he did the Kurt Cobain challenge. Oh. <laughs> 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 he tried to do that so I don't know we'll see how that goes <laughs> hopefully well <laughs> we hope he doesn't obtain it <laughs> yeah <laughs> alright uh, today we are talking uh, pro wrestling right so uh, old school back in the uh, you know back in the day that's when I used to watch it where it used to be cool <laughs> and they used to cut themselves and stuff on the bottom forehead. Oh, well, they, if, you, if you're watching some of the other ones, they still kind of cut themselves. Yeah. Not, well, really. not today. They're, they're not allowed to do it. Yeah, further right. discussion. That's yeah, further, yeah, discussion. further discussion. Yeah. And then um, we'll also be talking MMA, MMA. real fighting. Yeah. Well, not yeah. Well, wrestling is real. It's just not real fighting. Yes. <laughs> One it's stage, the other isn't. Yes, yes. All right. Um, I personally don't know mu- too much about both subjects i do watch them um i watch the ufc just on and off i'm just kind of a casual watcher of that and mm-hmm. i do casually watch pro wrestling stuff like when they have big matches like i saw ronda rousey's debut and things like that but yeah. that's about it really yeah um yeah that's pretty cool and nick is our resident knowledge person with this kind of shit aren't you Yes, I was actually a really big wrestling nerd when I was growing up as a pro wrestling fan. I actually wanted to be a pro wrestler when I became older. <laughs> but of course, life happens and you have to get a job yeah. and everything else like that. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I've known about pro wrestling. I started off uh, from tape trade days and everything. So if tape I wanted trade to, days? Yeah, but it used to be the only ways you could actually watch pro wrestling because where I used to live, we didn't have cable television. There was no Foxtel or anything else. So you had to go to Video Easy or... Uh, another one store I kind of, or just a general video stores I had, and you go into the sports section where you see the crusty dirt bike demons, yeah, <laughs> and you go past all the different sport events and everything else like that, and then they have the WWF tapes on there, um, and of course you only had the, the WWF tapes back uh, during then because WCW wasn't really a thing in Australia at the time yet, mm. and if you wanted the stuff from Japan, this that's again when I used to go to the uh, anime club in Darwin. They actually had a guy who go to Japan and bring back anime. But if you requested other tapes from other shows and everything, he would bring those back as well. So cool. that's where yeah. I got into Japanese pro wrestling, which is called right. the Super no, the Super J Cup and all the yeah, other events. That's right. Um, yeah, but uh, there's all there's not, like many different leagues and everything of wrestling and everything else like that. Um, but that was basically the starting off. Is that I started off in the very, very, very early days of VHS before yeah. anything else. And what era that, was that of wrestling? Well, that's like early, that's like eight, late eighties and early nineties era of wrestling because this is before the internet even existed. That so, was like the comic book kind of like the uh, the flashy, yeah, the, color era. Wasn't yeah, the it? the eighties was um they always call that like the the that's it was a big difference between. Well, that's what WWF was. It was basically treated like a comic book show and everything. Yeah. And that's what actually caused the splitting off of fans to go to the other promotion, 
because yeah. a lot of them got older and um, one that well, a big, the big turning point was when Hulk Hogan left WWF to go to WCW and that actually caused a lot of people just to shift over just to watch him because mm-hmm. it's Hulk Hogan and everyone knows who Hulk Hogan is and yeah. everyone wants yeah, to see Hulk Hogan and all that. Well, well, at the same time in my teenage years, I actually got to split off and go and watch the ECW brand and oh boy, that's a lot of fun stories <laughs> for that brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but basically, there's a lot of, anyone who doesn't really know is ECW, it, if anyone is an older wrestling fan, it's what used um, ECW fans used to chant the words ECW when ECW wrestlers wrestled in the WWF or WCW. It was a tribute because basically they were the bottom guys of out of the big three. They were the ones in the bingo hall in the small area and everything, but because it was the most fanatic fans that actually would turn up from it. So this would be on the East Coast of the United <laughs> States, like from New York City and all that stuff. So these guys take pro wrestling very seriously mm-hmm. as in threatening to write if something doesn't go how they like <laughs> seriously mm. <laughs> yeah the fans back in the day used to be well they they still kind of are crazy now eh, not today though but i say like in the, the older days yeah. it, it, oh in yeah. the earlier days it was way more different like even like 80s japanese wrestling you had wrestlers that used to come to the crowd and fight people in the <laughs> audience <laughs> that, was, that was back when what like everyone believed the whole wrestling was completely Real. Like when? No, that, that's the no. thing. It's like everyone's known pro wrestling been staged since the 50s. That's well, been a known fact. Yeah, it has no, been. No, there, there was a lot of people, and there's still a lot of people now that would just say, yeah, like, but they're dumb. Just no, kind of like no, say no, pro no. wrestling is real. No, they, they like the immersion. Yeah. Of it. Because there was, like, there was um, like, all, like tons of these uh, rivalries. Rivalries. <laughs> yeah, say that word. Rivalries. Uh, rivalries. Rivalries. <laughs> anyway, rivalries. between, between the pro. Yep. between the pro wrestlers and stuff and what was it there was a one of the um the the sheik or something like that what was it oh, no. <laughs> yeah. that guy on the car arm. accident with uh, oh, the, well, that, with his the rival. iron sheik or yeah, something yeah, yeah, I, got that, I know that story you're talking about yeah it was it was in a car accident well, with his rival and everyone's all like hey what are they doing together <laughs> they're supposed to be enemies <laughs> I, can, I can explain that story that is pretty much the one that led to what is called the end of kayfabe and uh, there's going to be people who know about if the anyone who listens to pro wrestling i'm just going to use terms and everything that you're going to be like oh what a fucking mark he doesn't know anything yeah. but i'm just using the terms and everything that they known for and kayfabe means to sell the act that it is believable and mm. basically a lot of wrestlers used to be very protective of kayfabe a great example was dusty Rhodes, uh the father of gold dust and dustin Rhodes, who's now the head of aew um, he actually had a storyline where someone broke his leg and he actually got a cast in it and he refused to take off the cast even at home, and pretend that he still had a broken leg, even though his wife knew he didn't have a broken leg, <laughs> and everything, just to still keep going the gimmick on that he was hurt by this guy. Another wrestler called the Sandman actually had his eye burnt out by a cigarette, but he looked Whoa. like it. He looked like it, and everything yeah. like he yeah. set it up, and he actually used to go around properly with the eye patched up constantly, like medically patched up, so it yeah. looked like he was messed up consistently, and he okay. used to hide in hotels and everything, so people wouldn't see him take it off and drink and everything else yeah. like that. Mm. Um, but that used to be the part of kayfabe. It was... It was to sell people that what they were, like it was a real rivalry and a real sport and everything else. Yeah. Like that. But they all work together. Well, they yeah, everyone, they all shower together, the they theater. all eat it and everything. It's part of the theater. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if people are going to like this comparison, but I see pro wrestling on the same level of commitment as the ballet. Oh, okay. Now you're just going to get hate. I know, I know. So much but but like, <laughs> have you seen what the good women in ballet do, what they put their bodies through? It destroys them. Like women, th- their feet 
uh, ones that have been ballerinas for however many years, their feet are fucked. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've got hobbit feet. Yeah, yeah, I know that like much. They, they put their bodies through so much stress. They don't eat that much, so they're always like malnutrition. Uh, like don't have any nutrients and stuff like that. They're always like iron deficient or all, all these things because they all don't eat. They need to be really light. Yeah, yeah. All of them smoke like, yeah. Yeah. like chimneys. Yeah. Wrestlers, same thing. They put their bodies through fucking hell to get jacked yeah. and things like that. And they've got to stay jacked. If they, if they get fat and stuff, they, they lose their image because yeah. wrestling is all about yeah. your image, right? Yeah, that's so it. they got to put their bodies through hell. They got to, like back in the days, they, people used to juice up all the time to get that uh, big and shit like that, yeah. right? Yeah. And now they're, since they're not allowed to juice that much or they got to juice when they can or whatever, they, <laughs> they need to work out more and whatnot. So, but they still put their bodies through hell. I'm tipping when wrestlers get into their 40s and 50s, their joints are fucked. Yes. That's oh, yeah, why definitely. the dream for a wrestler is to get into acting. Yes. Because you're an actor. Yeah. Just yeah. like, um, what's it? John <laughs> Cena. The Rock. The Rock. The Rock. All these guys, yeah, they, they, they got out because they're, they're, if they stay in, they will fuck their bodies. Look at, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, you, you, The Undertaker. You saw him. Yes. Yeah. Like, I went to the WWE Super Show. Yeah, it's called Super Showdown. It's not the meeting yeah. from John Cena, everyone. It was at the MCG. How old is he? He's in his Undertaker's in his 60s and nearly yeah. 70s or so. He, yeah. And yeah. to see how he moves and everything, it's, you can tell it's an old, painful man yeah. moving around the ring. And everything. He's, probably, yeah. he's probably on a lot of drugs. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like painkillers oh, and shit. He's been doing it for just so long. Yeah, now. and mm. those people just be all kinds of fucked up. Their joints and you, you can't put your body under that kind of stress. And... So the level of commitment at, uh, to your physical body is the same as what you would do in a ballet, like ballerinas do, right? Yeah. yeah. And in a ballet, they do a performance. They get up on stage, they act this out. That's what wrestlers do, except they have to try to keep an immersion, yeah. which is actually harder, I would say. Yeah, and it comes down yeah. to wrestlers understand that uh, when they're in the ring and everything, they have to be like ballet dancers of understanding the moves that they're going yeah, to do to yeah, each other to properly well. balance each other out. Because yeah. if you ever try to properly suplex, suplex someone that's fighting against you, and you're not, not going to lift it. them either. <laughs> yeah, but that's if someone wants to be suplexed yeah. at the same time. So this is, they're working together to putting on the show and everything at the same time. But you got to understand the ring they're landing on, there's no cushioning for that or anything. Yeah. It's solid wood. Yeah. And landing on wood and everything else is not good for your joints. And most of those body. guys are what, like 100, 120 kilos or whatever? Yeah, most of them go into 90 to upwards. Like gravity's not that forgiving. It yeah. hurts. <laughs> right? So I, I reckon that wrestling is a, like the same kind of thing as ballet, but it's actually, it involves a different level of commitment because you've got to keep that people in the immersion. You, you you can't break character like I, I've seen Nick show me videos where pe- uh, where wrestlers have got injured and they fucking keep going yeah. with it so those guys will be dead. <laughs> yeah. So I saw this um I saw like one was it the the Dursley brothers and like the the small one just kind of like the Dudley boys uh, the Dudley boys that's it <laughs> that's fine <laughs> the Dudley boys um and like the was it the youngest or the smallest Dudley yeah Spike of, Dudley he yeah. was about five foot four and around sixty kilograms yeah and they threw him they threw him <laughs> off like it was a table match and they threw him off the uh the rope. and he just like you see him go through the table but there was another table that was like joint like like right next to it and you just saw his head just smash it and inside the table there was like a half circle where his head had just hit it like on the corner and like he was just been taken out and everything and they were just 
kept up the act the entire time. Like they did not break character yeah. the entire time, yeah. even though he was like being carried out and all this kind of stuff. And yep. yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a lot of fun. That's the fun part about the internet is that we can actually interview wrestlers now and actually talk about their matches yeah. where they have gotten injured and stuff like that and how yeah. they worked through. Uh, one of my favorite ones is Bubba Ray Dudley talking. He had a match with him, the Dudley Boys, versus Chris Jericho and Benoit and another team in a ladder match to getting the belt. So you have to climb up the ladder in the ring to grab the belts to win. That explains it. Yeah. What happens is, as Dudley, as Bubba explains, it's like, okay, so what happens is you're supposed to do a bulldog, which is where someone runs behind you, grabs the back of your head, and drives it into the ground. He said, now, a real professional understands to put the hand around the top of the head so I can get my hands down to protect myself when I fall. An idiot like you puts your hand at the very back of the neck and goes, whoa, and then drives me head first off <laughs> a 10-foot ladder. And then you wonder why I wasn't moving for a while. And some people come up going, Papa, you're meant to do the spot. What spot? you got to get up the ladder. What's a ladder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they get – I have such appreciation for wrestlers now. Like um, ever since you showed me that, that uh, movie with Ricky Mo- – Ricky – uh, no, what you're talking about. It's called the movie Mickey, called Mickey the wrestler. Rock, yeah. yeah, Mickey Rourke, the wrestler. Rock, yeah. And anyone's wondering, yes, the what they show in the wrestler is actually what most elderly wrestlers go through is them going to fan conventions and going to the smaller shows yeah. and just doing whatever they can to make a paycheck, did even it, if it didn't Hulk Hogan go, Oh, that that's my life. <laughs> uh, that's he actually had um Hulk Hogan said it was his life when he saw the film and yeah. Rowdy Piper was actually there for the screening and hugged uh Mickey Walk saying he understands what exactly what it was like yeah. for being an older wrestler going through that and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's have you seen the movie The Wrestler? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. It's actually yeah. it's really good. Like that was eye opening. Like of course of course that movie is, you know, fake and but it's and it's but um, it's it's stylized as well. it's stylized but it's um what they go through I, I love the part where um it shows the wrestlers out the back and they're talking to each other it's like okay so i'm going to do at the start of the match we'll be uh doing this and this and this and then i'm going to grab you and you know throw you over my shoulder i'm going to do this move the clothesline kind of thing and how they're actually discussing how they're gonna play out the match i really yeah. really like those parts yeah, like it, it was very interesting. Yeah, because some wrestlers get time to meet each other, and then they can actually talk for a proper routine and stuff. Yeah. Um, but some guys that do turn up, they just turn up from after their jobs and everything else yep. like that. But they understand the lingo of what they need to do and everything. A great example is at the end of the wrestler when he fights against another guy he used to wrestle in the old big days. He's like, well, how are we going to handle this? It's just like <laughs> classic face versus heel. Face meaning good guy versus heel, the bad guy. He's just yep. like, we're going to play it up like they did in the 80s and everything. And that's their entire match. They understood yep. exactly what they have to do. So mm-hmm. they do the over the top of, look at me, I'm strangling everyone, boo at me, boo, oh, and yeah. everything else. <laughs> Sorry, like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, the... the the drugs he had to take to try to stay big, the amount of time he had to spend at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a, because of that, he couldn't hold down a proper job. Yeah. And he had to live out of his car and fucking hell, man. Like those guys would be getting like wrecked. Like I oh, said. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You, read, the, the, you read a lot of stories of like when wrestlers first start out and everything like Stone Cold Steve Austin, he lived in his car with a bag of potatoes. And that was his entire diet when he was there. Potatoes. Yeah, just bag of potatoes and, food. and go to his jail and go to his job and then go to the wrestling school. And that was just basically it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Superfood potatoes. What can't they do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Civilizations have been built on them, right? <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. 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 But the break um but yeah, just to break it down, it's just like but yeah, I could I could easily say it's probably one of the best times to actually get into pro wrestling because yeah. of how much of a back catalogue is on the internet that I yep. cannot stress about. Especially even amateur wrestling as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Like people love that shit. The, the first wrestling match I went to go see was New, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, last year. Kyle was lucky. I actually got him tickets to go to New Japan for their first ever Australian show in Melbourne. Yeah, that was awesome. And he actually got to see the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. The young Bucks. Oh um, man, <laughs> phenomenal show. These guys, those guys are awesome. They guys tore down the house. Okada turned up, although I was pissed Naito didn't turn up, but he never does any yeah. international tours, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, those guys but, are fucking great. Like, it was so good. I love the atmosphere. Wrestling crowds are the best crowds. Like, yeah. I, I love the parts where they're like, boo, yeah, boo, yeah, boo. And the occasional <laughs> woo for the chest, Charles, woo! <laughs> <laughs> and that one part that one of the guys just, like, I think it was in the row in front of us. He's like, oh, this is so fake. And then the guy in the row in front of him turns around, he's just like, fuck off, you're, you're already in my immersion. <laughs> 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 like, because people know, but yeah, you get immersed yeah. into it. Yeah. I was like, when, when I first started watching wrestling, I had no idea. I thought it was all real. Yeah, like, like, yeah, ooh. when I was a kid, and I was like, you know, watching it, and like 10 years old, and I put on the uh, videotape. Oh, it might have been a bit later on, but I put on the videotape because it used to be on at 12 o'clock in, in yeah. the a.m., but I couldn't, like, I had to go to sleep at like 8 30 because I was like, little, little yeah. polytractor. Yeah, and um, I, I just leave on the tape and just record, and then like I'd have to fast forward it because it'd be like a five hour tape, and then go to the wrestling part because it started like twelve o'clock. <laughs> 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 fast forward all the shitty adult, like you know, all the shitty the shows and stuff, and, and all the that news crap. and all that yeah. kind of shit, and then get to the pro wrestling at the end of it because it would start at twelve and. Just couldn't stay up that late. Cause, you know, little Polly Tractor had to go to sleep yep. at nine, nine o'clock. Yeah, I, I remember some of those old wrestlers. They used to be fucking terrifying. Oh, I yeah. remember the first time I saw Mankind, which was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they yeah. fucking suck. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I was a little child back then. So. Oh, yeah, but you understand Mick Foley, the man himself, is insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff he's done oh, and everything. That wrestler, holy crap. That guy puts himself through fucking hell. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he does not protect himself. I'm telling this to anyone. You can understand if you watch press wrestling for years of guys that will do move, certain moves and everything, they'll how a way their body moves or anything to protect themselves. Yeah. He doesn't do that. He just goes straight into it and... He's him hitting at full speed of these moves and everything without protecting himself and all that. It's it's painful for me to watch. Um, I don't want to watch most of these matches because of that. Yeah, I, <laughs> like I, I, I've you showed me a couple. of I cannot watch a barbed wire match. I just I just can't. Oh yeah, but uh, that's a fun factor no, no, of the, yeah, the, yeah. the barbed wire, razor wire. Yeah. Shit. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun factor of what came with the Japanese tape trades was other Japanese organizations and FMW had what was called King of the Death Match where Terry Funk and uh, Mankind, also known at the time Cactus Jack or McFoley, was in the grand final, and they decided, "Hey, let's just have a uh, explosive barbed wire match." Yeah. And <laughs> as, as after I read the interview of Mick coming back home, he came back like straight after the match, as in he got to his hotel, cleaned himself, and went on the plane back home. When he got back to his in the United States, his wife was there at the airport and went, went up to hug them and went. Does something smell like it's burning? Do you smell something burning? And he didn't realize that was most of the flesh on his back that still wasn't done. That's what she was smelling of, how burnt he was from the fireworks and everything from it. That guy must have such a high pain threshold. Oh, he was was absolutely insane. Like, I've seen videos when he was 15 years old jumping off his roof onto a mattress. (laughs) And he'd just do that every time. (laughs) Just an insane dude. Don't try Uh, this at home. Yeah, don't. That's why I tell you don't try this at home for a good reason. What are the characters he's played? Cactus Jack, Mankind, any others? Dude Love. Dude Love. Yeah, well, basically, here's a funny story about Mick Foley. Uh, he was always known as Cactus Jack. Like yeah. in WCW in Japan, he was known as Cactus Jack. And, and ECW as well, before he went to 
WWE, but that's when Vince came in and said, you're going to be mankind. We're going to put a leather mask on you and make you weird and stuff like that. And, like, okay. and he went along with it for a while. He went along with it, but everyone knew him just as Mick Foley because yeah. all the rest of his career. It's when he became another persona that Vince wanted him to be called Dude Love, where he came out like a 1970s hippie and everything with the theme song, like, Dude Love, and he's doing the knee shake yeah. dance with the chick. <laughs> and he had like these two smoking chicks, like, oh. but had painted and everything else like that. And he did that and everything. And then the next week on Raw, literally the next week of Raw, comes out, he comes like, Dude, Dude, and he's like, No, no, turn it off. And everything. It's like, how dare you make me dance in front of these? It's like, how dare you? I have a daughter and a son at home, and you make me dance in front of these floozy and everything. I'm meant to be a better influence to them. How dare you do it? And he actually shot on them in live television and stuff. Really? Of how he hated the character, and you never saw Do Love ever again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he was like, and then the last one was, again, he always kept going back to Cactus Jack and everything. Yep. Um, and then in the end, he just became McFoley. He just became himself. That's fine. Yeah, which yeah. is all fine. Um, and the fun factor about it is because Mick wrote a book called Have a Nice Day. And in that book, which I read, he actually t broke down a lot of wrestling terminology and things that happened backstage. And I love the best reaction I ever saw from that book was Ric Flair in the ring as with this book. He's like, you know what? I just read this book and all the stuff you talk about, Mick, and you know what I think of it? And he throws it on the ground. He starts dropping elbows on it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Taking off his jacket and everything. He's like, and strutting and everything. And <laughs> dropping more elbows and dropping knees and everything. He's like, what a garbage book. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I love that kind of like fucking rest that old school fucking uh, strutting like. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that was the era I grew up in. So it goes on the kid. I was getting the late era stuff of it. So I had uh, Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes, a completely obese guy. But, but then Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Macho Man was completely ripped compared to those two. But yeah, compared to Dusty Rose, big, big fat dude and everything. But it's just like, I know my hand is big and I know my belly is big. But when I start juking, jiving and wounds up, rolling the elbows and everything, guy could just tear the fucking house down. Son of a plumber, I know what it's like <laughs> to have hard times. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, his main rival at the time in the NWA, mm. which before became WCW, was Ric Flair. So if you look up the history of the belt, you see them both trading belts back and forth. Yeah. But of course, Ric Flair. You got to understand <laughs> the schedule of a pro wrestler. A wrestler does not get days off. That's yeah. the one thing you have to understand. They don't get yeah. the weekend off or anything. They're on the road consistently yeah, doing course. everything else and all that. So when you see champions like Ric Flair holding a championship belt for 7,000 days, yeah. do you understand how enormous that schedule is to carry a belt for that long while still performing and everything and still drawing in money for them to allow yeah. you to hold that belt for that so physical much promotion, life. so much, yeah. yeah, yeah. But of course, back then they didn't know about what substances are. So, whoa, limousine <laughs> <Cocaine>. Ryan, <laughs> so much jet flying. <laughs> you don't need to go the down the space there. mountain. You, you can come and ride Ric Flair. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to get a. I'd love to watch all of those like old episodes of WWE and one and oh yeah, all that stuff like just. All that um, fucking crazy shit, mate. All the flair. Oh, that's what it is. You can see the turning point. It's like when you watch from the air. It's like you can see like at the end of early like 90s WWF and everything. Yeah. Nobody liked it. It was like a terrible product. It was boring yeah. and they had like oh, cartoonish like characters and everything. And then suddenly it was the big turning point was, I will always say this, it was the introduction of the character Goldust mm -hmm. was the big turning point for the Attitude Era. A lot of people say it's Stone Cold Steve Austin when he said the Austin 316 line at the end of the King of the Ring, but Goldust was there for nearly a year before that happened. Okay. And Goldust, oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, 
this was a obviously ambiguous character that was introduced in the 90s when a lot of people weren't very tolerant of ambiguous <laughs> wrestlers in the yep. characters in the oh. 90s. So, <laughs> but basically, as of one of the main highlights, his feud with Razor Ramon is one of his promos. He's literally talking about him and Razor Ramon and another guy having a freeway orgasm as they ejaculate all over each other (laughs) but he's done it in that way of just like have you ever expected the whiteness that runs down you (laughs) what is going on here (laughs) but yeah it was that moment that's what it got into like the news and everything else like that because this was like a really big turning point and that's where after austin had uh the king of the ring which was a tournament where they had a wrestler wrestles three times in one night and they become the king of the ring and that's meant to be like that's how you push a new guy to front yep. of the viewers and everything. And that's when Austin got on after beating Jake the Snake. He says, you talk about your John 316s and, well, guess what? Austin 316 just said I whooped your ass. Yeah! And that's where it just all <laughs> took off from there, the attitude era and everything. Yeah. That's where everybody came out more like sunglasses and black. It was all black. Yeah, the 90s, everyone was wearing like all black. It was like Ew. you could do big color change. Like you see like WCW yeah. before the 90s, it's like all colors and flares and everything else. And then in the 90s, all black. Yo, that's where we got Babyface Rock and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> he came out as the nice guy. Oh, yeah, he yeah. came out as the nice guy with his Jerry Curls and no, no, they his streamers. Of, they did a lot of Kane stuff in the 90s as well. Like, oh, yeah, Kane. Oh, yeah. Kane, Kane was a terrifying and I was, character. I always thought, like, it, it was weird because, like, he came out and he was, like, fully, he had, like, this this costume, like, this the fully clothed, like, mask and everything. And then, like, as, as it kind of went, like they, they, they got rid of more and more of his clothing. And you could see he was not burnt. That was his <laughs> character's like backstory. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, oh, he got burnt. And wait, he's not burnt. What? He's the devil? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> to explain yeah. pro wrestling stories is pro wrestling can pretty much do what it wants when it comes to telling yeah. stories. So basically yeah. Kane, who debuted, was meant to be the illegitimate brother of The Undertaker the from his manager, yeah. Paul Bearer. <laughs> so his half-brother. And it's like, do you remember when the house burned down, Undertaker? Your brother was inside, Kane. You burned your brother. <laughs> so Kane came out. But Kane was not completely unrelated to Undertaker at all. He's a completely different guy. He's yep. actually now a mayor of a town now. Yeah, he's actually that video game character. <laughs> yeah, he, that's yeah. what happened. He got elected and basically, I think it's Minnesota. No, I think it's like a, like one of the southern states that he got elected for. And actually, and actually when he won he did choke slam someone through a table for his speech as well that was a part of it so I'm pretty much down so with he, that he's pretty much what Hagar yeah. is like, right. yeah. sure. cool. I'm gonna clean up these streets yeah. <laughs> go out and just start beating up uh, street punks and shit <laughs> come Why out not? With, pi- with pipes yeah um, but yeah that's, it comes down to a lot of people will ask about it's just like oh well how can you watch it for stories and stuff well today it's not very good in the wwe sense because they got to be pg and they got to do it for their sponsors and everything so it's just like you're a big duty head no you're a big duty head (laughs) well i'll see you at this pay-per-view points at the sign the pay-per-view all right well i'll see you at that pay-per-view too duty (laughs) head that's the, the level of writing but it used to be a lot more complicated stuff and everything like the stuff like i grew up with like a example ecw um, there was a storyline where a wrestler actually stole another wrestler's son and converted him to believe in him. And, it actually, <laughs> and no, that's what it actually came down to. He did that where it came down to where the son actually got in the way of Sandman from beating Raven to protect his new daddy. And that's where Raven took advantage and won and stuff like that. And the crowd lost their crap and started throwing stuff in the ring and everything else yep. like that. All right. Uh, it's just funny when you talk about a lot of those stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would love to get... What they should do is release... DVDs of these storylines 
Yeah, they should. Because I'd love to just watch them. So he, these episodes have these storylines in them here. Oh, yeah. Are. And I'd yeah. just like to watch the full thing. <laughs> oh, there's a, another classic I think about is um, uh, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. They actually had a match over who is the legitimate father of Rey Mysterio's <laughs> youngest son. And Eddie came out with a t-shirt and said, like, Hey, Pablito, I'm your papi. Doing the dance and everything. <laughs> I love the storyline of, I think it was... Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus uh, Vince McMahon. Oh, that's the classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, was awesome. awesome. I remember watching that one. Yeah, I was like, I oh my God, one. they're actually going to fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I like those, um, the, the, some of the promotions they did. They had like these uh, the parodies and there was one that Stone Cold Steve Austin did with um, uh, Gladiator. And he's like, he, t- uh, he took off the, the helmet and he's like, I am stone called Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, take, oh, you're not entertained. And then they did the whole, uh, they, they did tons of them. Um, Coolio, like, yeah. took his uh, took his bite of his apple and was like, can you get rid of the apple? And then he spits it out. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of, um, I think it comes down to, there's been a lot of different celebrities jumping into it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of them perform for like big shows or anything. So, yeah, yeah a big known WWE person that always appears all the time is Fred Durst from Limbiscuit. <laughs> they actually Fred had it they actually had chocolate starfish promoted on the show. <laughs> chocolate starfish. Uh, Kid Rock's another big yeah. uh, person that keeps turning up. And don't Snoop forget Do- your boy Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Oh yeah, Donald Trump. Donald yes, he actually Trump. had a feud with Vince McMahon yeah, and he, and he won. fucking bloody bodied him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have an American there's an American president that was on an episode of WWF or WWE at the time. Yeah, WWE, WWE TV. Yeah, body the fucking CEO of the <laughs> company. Yeah, a billionaire beats up another billionaire. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> That's who they have as their president. Like, what it's a am- world! It's amazing. Yeah, it, it's amazing. No, no, wait. They have just on a tangent. They have a president that that was on Home Alone. So there's that. Yeah, he was on yeah. Home Alone. He was Home on Alone. everything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so back about wrestling um so the 90s was that flair fucking flamboyant era right? it was um, no it was more of the 80s was the more flamboyant stuff oh, like guess, the late 80s that's yeah. the stuff where so that's the 80s it's and like when 90s was had attitude like, uh 90s were the attitude era. that's when everyone got black yeah and yeah. what about black. the ooze the but ooze the ooze that was called the aggression era that's yeah. when vince mcmahon bought out his competition which was wcw and ecw yep. and that's where he announced that those people would be able to come into those company, and then he would st- he was the plan was to make um, okay. run WCW separately and EC and WCW separately, and none of that happened. Basically, the WCW <laughs> guys came over. The ones he wanted yeah, got yeah. cut off, and everything else like that. Yeah. Uh, famous moment of the buyout is when Vince McMahon's announcer he goes because he's owned the company now. When he's announced on Raw and everything, so he owns all the contracts that they've agreed to turn over and everything. So he goes, okay, now I own WCW, but there's one problem. There's a person there called Jeff Jarrett who's on that contract. Who's known as Double J. Well, you know what? Your G-O-N-E, gone. <laughs> I'm telling you, just fired him. Because the funny story is Jeff Jarrett stu- stood Vince McMahon up for money before he went to oh, WCW. Really? Because China, the ninth one of the world who was known... Please don't look up her videos, people. <laughs> her adult career, it's not satisfying, trust me. No, it's not. But basically, um, China was doing the big, uh, where she's going, was, she is easily the biggest woman wrestler, period, because yep. she actually competed against the men and she actually won the Intercontinental title because no other woman champion has held a title that's been held by the men or anything ever. Mm-hmm. So basically, Jeff Jarrett was the Intercontinental champ and they said, you've got to drop the belt to China. He's like, got to give me 50000 on top before I do it or I'll walk up with the belt. <laughs> <laughs> and he got his money and then he left the next day <laughs> uh, fair enough 
Yeah, yeah. and like, then uh, what era of wrestling we in now? Well, we were well, we're in the era of the we're in the the tens era. We're in the PG. We were called the infamous the PG era yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's basically when you can only show blood <laughs> if someone decides to smash your head against the. the no, you can't the, even do that either. Even yeah, if a guy sure gets busted up in the match, blood. they will stop it to have an actual people come and tail them down and stuff. Yeah, which which match was it when it was just like the um like they go oh can you can you bust a uh, can you bust his head open? Oh yeah, I can do it in like two hits and bang, bang. bang. Oh yeah, well that was, oh, that was um, well that's Brock. well that's Brock Lesnar. That Brock Lesnar. He's a whole other subject of yeah. himself. He turned up in the ruthless aggression era, and of course he was the the next big thing. And he had phenomenal matches against Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist, uh, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho. Kurt Angle is awesome. He's yeah. just so much fun to watch. Oh, he's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, yeah, he fought against a lot of the top guys in the ruthless aggression. The Rock, Stone, and of course Stone Cold walked out of the company in refusing to lose to Lesnar. That was one of the oh, big moments. Really? Yeah, it mm-hmm. happened after WrestleMania, and that's when they told Austin when he came out, "You're going to lose to Rock, uh, uh, Brock Lesnar on Raw." And he's like, yep. "I don't want to okay. do that. I want to build up time so we have a big pay per view match, make a lot of money." And they said, "This is what you got to do." And he's like, "Okay," and he walked out. Yep. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So we're in yeah. the PG era, which is as. We all know as the John Cena era. Because basically yeah. John Cena instantly went from a heel to a face and he was able to cut down the dirty rap lyrics and everything to make the more cleaner stuff. And yeah. you're a doo-doo head. And everyone cheers and everything. Don't <laughs> give up, kids. Believe in yourself. <laughs> and now we're in the era of Roman Reigns gets pushed, everyone boos. Someone else gets pushed, everyone boos. It's yeah, like it, I it's, say this is probably one of the worst eras to watch WWE because, again, the fan base has completely, the audience has completely changed. Yeah. To what it is now. Because again, more people care about being on social media on their phones at a fucking wrestling show than actually watching the wrestling. They're yeah. like, hey everyone, me, 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 me. Oh yeah, and I'm at a wrestling show. Me, 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 yep. me on their phone. So That's why it, it's opened it up for all the other wrestling organizations to actually get big now. Oh yeah. yeah. Like look at New Japan Pro Wrestling. I can't believe they came here to Melbourne. Yeah, I and they did, they did another that. tour as well. So that's the thing. Yeah. They're they're well touring. Yeah. And, and they sell out every show. Yeah. They go to. Yeah, the yeah. amateur scene, wrestling is huge. Yeah, that's well. why. That's why I say the best part about this area is, is that basically the indie scene completely exploded. We got Ring of Honor, we've got uh, Power Pro Wrestling, we've got New Japan, we've got all the other Japanese yeah, the, organizations. The aren't they doing their own thing now? Or? Yeah, AEW yeah. is the newest competitor, yeah. which has come out now, which is basically they're pushing the old school WCW image hard yeah, with the nineties flair. And the fire effects, they even did it yeah. when they got in it. They actually got a TV deal now. So they'll oh, be on TNN, whoa, really? like WCW. And even on their Twitter, they had the flames like the WCW Nitro intro behind yeah. their logo. So they're putting on they're, really they're good. They're really fucking cool. Oh, they're really pushing on the good show. So they got oh. Kenny Omega. They got the Young Bucks. Yeah, got Kenny Omega. That guy's a fucking legend. I love the video <laughs> with him uh, fighting the little Japanese girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. Great video. Guys, if you're interested and you haven't seen it yet, look up Kenny Omega. Fights little girl. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he's just fucking flinging this girl around the ring <laughs> the entire time. And he's like, ah. Yeah, he's acting like he's the best thing ever. Destroying a little girl. <laughs> and then, like, she bodies him as well. Yeah. <laughs> it shows how good he is because he didn't hurt her or anything. It's yeah. just it's funny to, to watch him, like, jump up and, like, flip her fucking body around and slam her into the ground and shit. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, there's a lot of fun matches you can find like that. Uh, yep. example is, uh, I say, look up Kenta Kobushi, I believe it is, or Ibushi, versus a blow-up doll. 
<laughs> and I'm not joking that it looks like he makes a match completely believable. The blower doll is like actually suplexing reverses and everything else like him and flipping through and pile driving him and everything else like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, who was it that said the young bucks are ruining the industry? Oh, that's our good old friend, Mr. Jim Cornette. As most of you mm. might remember him from the old tapes and everything. He was the guy that carried a tennis racket to the ring all the time in its case. <laughs> and he was the manager, but he used to run his own promotion called Smoky Mountain Wrestling which was like near the border yep. of Canada and the United States. Uh, but he was also known as promoter and everything. But basically, if you don't do anything Uncle Grandpa Jim likes, he's always straight away on the mic, I don't like this, so therefore that rule ain't and blah, blah, blah. You know, how, <laughs> how it always is. How dare these people have stuff that makes people go insane? You're just ruining wrestling. Why yep. can't you go back to what it was like in the 20s? And like, no one cares, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, did the Young Bucks ever try to get into WWE or whatever? Yes. Yeah. They, in fact, did a promo. They actually showed a video on the internet of them doing a tryout match, which is a dark match, which is a match that doesn't air on TV, but it still happens at the show. Yep. And basically what happened, they were first, same as Kenny Omega as well, yeah. who, had the same, who was at the same time as them, and they were told they were too small and not good enough. Oh, okay. And then basically that's when they went to Japan and completely dominated. And then right before when their contract ran out with New Japan, WWE came knocking with, as they said, truckloads. Yep. And they said no. Damn. Because they uh, met up with Cody Rhodes, who's the son of Dusty yeah. Rhodes, who was a promoter himself. And he said, why don't we make our own promotion where we collect 100% of the profits? Yep. Instead of going to a booker and everything else like that. And once that happened, Chris Jericho jumped over straight away. Yeah, um, Dean Ambrose, who's a big part of the guy on the Shield in WWF, he jumped over. WWE, sorry. I'll explain the WWF in E in a yep. second. Um, he jumped over as well as now John Moxley. A lot of the people there, there's a lot of talks going on. Uh, other people <coughs> join the promotions and everything because they understand they get to actually have creative control. Yeah. And that's the big factor for most of them is yeah. the creative control. Yeah, because here's the thing with wrestling nowadays, or at least it's been like it for the last decade or whatever, right? One of the things that I love about wrestling that they don't do anymore is the stereotype characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> like, Iron Sheik was great. Oh, like, oh, oh, was oh, as well. Honestly, like the rushing and... The Russian and whatnot. <laughs> well, that's what I said. That's the fun part of watching like the older 80s wrestling. It's full of all the stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, you so had the full. Papa Shango. You had the drunk <laughs> Russian guy. You had the Iron Sheik. You are no good a piece of shit, American. How dare you boo me? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see all that stuff. Like, and yeah. when I went to, I think there was a couple of characters that, a couple of uh, wrestlers that were doing that um, at the New Japan Pro Wrestling that I went to. I can't remember the characters yeah. that they did, but they were there. There was a few of them. Yeah. I remember there was like a Lebanese guy and whatnot. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they had people from Melbourne. They even had, what, Jake the Snake until they decided, you know, um, animal, there was too much animal cruelty. No, where, like, it was more like, of throwing a... Throwing a snake at someone. No, it was more of Jake having um, serious demons. That was his problem, not the snake problem. <laughs> I don't know. There what? was a lot of people yelling out about animal cruelty with the snake. Nah. It's like full on strangling nah, people. No, nah, but nah, back in the day when Jake <laughs> used a snake and everything, everyone was scared of snakes and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, you got to remember, Peter was not as powerful as they are now where they get to rule us with an iron fist. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, um, yeah, there's a lot of other stories. But Jake the Snake is an example of one of my favorite wrestlers from that era. He used to be a guy with big mullet and, you know, big mustache. Big guy. Big, he wasn't the most fit guy, but yeah, he was, was a really good at psychology, ring psychology. So he knew how to work with the wrestlers, but he knew how to cut promos as well to oh. build up it. That's what his main skill was. You can tell guys who are really good at that and really guys who are who have no personality but are phenomenal wrestlers. Example, Lance Storm has 
a personality that sucks out all the pleasure in the room. Yeah. Like he's that boring of a personality, <laughs> just at the door and everything. But yeah. when it comes to wrestling, that dude is top gear when it comes to when he's yeah. wrestling and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, to explain the, the WWF and WWE, which I keep mixing up, it used to be called World Wrestling Federation, but then there was the World Wildlife Fund the yeah, one we know with the pandas, that. and yep. they sued because they wanted to have the title of WWF. And that's where Vince basically said, well, you know what? I'm just call it World Wrestling Entertainment. Ha-ha, no royalties for you. And that's where it's, it's become WWE now, and it's always remained as WWE. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then there was, what, WWE and then w, uh, and Raw? They were on one at the same time. Oh, no, there's uh, Raw and, and SmackDown. You're thinking they're both WWE shows. Yeah. Raw is on Monday, Raw. and Thursday is for SmackDown. Yeah. So, and then they had, what, TNA as well, which was completely different. Yeah, that was another company under the NWA. Total non-stop oh, action. action. Yeah, not TNA, the other ones, TNA. you think of fellas. Wink, wink. Nice, nice. <laughs> no, it's um, a company. Yeah, there's always a company that's always in the background of professional history is called the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. This is pretty much the first ever pro wrestling organization. This is the established one, basically. Okay. And basically what's happened is if you had a career in the NWA back in the old days and stuff. It's basically what happened was when Vince McMahon took over from his father business of the WWF, that's when he started buying out talent all around him. Because back then it used to be everyone had their own areas, their own territories, only wrestlers worked in certain areas and everything else like that. It was all like multiple league done. And then Vince came in and just cleared the table and <laughs> took everything for himself, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Smart guy. And he really got a monopoly on it. Oh, he has yeah. a monopoly on it. That's what he is. He's a yeah. billionaire now. He saw a business opportunity. He's like, I need to take this... Somebody will. <laughs> yeah, and that's what happened. He built a lot of his empire. A big factor was he stole a lot of storylines from ECW. Yeah. To okay. make his, uh, that was Stone Cold Steve Austin was first the cussing and drunking in ECW. He took that. Yeah. He took um, the, again, he took another story which was about uh, Raven and Sandman. They had the whole like setting up the execution, like, on yeah. the, like the crucifix and stuff. They did that for Austin versus Undertaker where he <laughs> did the same thing as well. Um Took a lot again. A lot of the time that passed through those doors went straight to WWF. As, uh, w, uh, it's WWF at the time. Yep. So again, uh, but the big one was I can always think about. Yeah, it was WCW, and basically to sum it up, WCW is run by a billionaire Ted Turner. WWF is run by a billionaire Vince McMahon. ECW run by a Jewish guy named Paul Heyman who doesn't not pay anyone. <laughs> that basically <laughs> sums up the, the entire company. So I've had a lot of funny stories when it comes to Heyman. Talking about, you know, when fighters used uh, wrestlers, not fighters, wrestlers used to dispute for pays and stuff, and the excuses, legendary excuses he'd come up with. A big one was New Jack, which I recommend no one hire this person, please. <laughs> is basically he came to argument with uh, Paul Heyman one night and he's like where's the money and he said New Jack I sent you the money the plane that was carrying it crashed I'm sorry alright 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 Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, also, uh, we can't talk about wrestling without talking about the old wrestling video games, I don't think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we can how else was it. the N64 one? See, I always oh. wanted to be... Oh, wait, no. I, I didn't play the N64 ones oh, as well. Dude, I played the PlayStation ones. It's yeah. so funny as well. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, PlayStation ones are still pretty fun. PlayStation some fun ones. ones are pretty fun. There's, some, there's four players, mate. Four fucking players. Yeah, but not the four <laughs> players mode, though. That was the N64 for King. You yeah. could actually actually have four players, which was the tits. Yeah. Yeah, the AKA one games we're talking about. So yeah. that would be WCW versus The World, uh, WCW versus <laughs> NWO Revenge. 
WWF WrestleMania 2000 and WWF No Mercy, which is the infamous one that everyone talks about as the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I remember playing WCW versus Raw. Um, I think that was on X64. No, that wasn't on N64. Sure. WCW versus Raw wasn't that wasn't until after the N64. That was the okay. PS2 era and everything. Yeah, uh, I remember playing a WWF game on N64. Yeah, that was the two yep. I mentioned, which was 2000 WrestleMania yep. 2000, or it was WWF for the. Unless you're talking about the Attitude Games, which were by AK, uh, not AK, by Acclaim that actually yeah. made them. They were the first wrestling games that came out for the PS1 and. N64, and they're rubbish, by the way. <laughs> they're not very good games. They have not aged well or anything. See, I always really like the PlayStation 2 ones that, like, you could, like, make your own wrestler and then just, like, go through storylines and stuff like that. It's oh, yeah. really cool. Here Comes the Pain on PS2 is probably one of my favorite um, wrestling games on the PlayStation. Yeah. Um, but good ones, again, but, of course, again, if you actually knew how to import, I imported a one from the N64 called the Virtual Pro Wrestling Series, which is basically the games, the first AKI games they made, but they only had the Japanese roster <laughs> of wrestlers. And, of course, you're like, oh, that isn't much or anything until you realize you get to play as Vader, as Big Ban <laughs> Vader, and all the other, you know, Kane and other great legends and Tiger Mask and all those guys. Okay, yeah, I remember the, uh, the, the ones that I remember the most is the uh, WCW versus NWO. Yeah. Um, but- yeah. And uh, Revenge and World Tour. Those yeah. are the ones that I played. They oh, Revenge fun. is fantastic. Oh, God. Beautiful games. Amazing. I got Carpal Tunnel. I yeah. literally got Carpal Tunnel for playing those games. <laughs> so my hands, I remember uh, when we first got them, my, uh, and then I went to sleep that night. We played for fucking like 10 hours or something. My, I couldn't feel my arms. I was just in so much pain. Yeah. <laughs> I got Carpal Tunnel from playing fucking a wrestling game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those games are fantastic. Like, I love how you get chairs and shit from fucking... Under the <laughs> rings or in the crowd. <laughs> oh, they're amazing. Uh, there's, a, yeah. there's a part... But that's a, but I think that's probably the... It sounds a bit ghoulish, but I think that's the, probably one of the most fa- fascinating parts is going back to the older wrestling games yeah. and seeing what the rosters were like back oh, yeah. then as well because you're going for each one and everything and you're yeah. just like, what happened to you? Let's see. You died. You died. You got fired. This, and you can actually break it down <laughs> if you actually oh, know God. who these guys are. It's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's like for the... Yeah, like when I look, when I played uh, No Mercy, when I played it again, it's just like straight away the first roster. It's just like, all right, there's Chris Benoit. Hmm, he killed his wife and kids and himself. And there's Eddie oh, Guerrero. True. He had a heart attack. Ooh, there's Crash, uh, Crash Holly. Yeah, you died as well of a heart attack. And then going for each, like yeah. I'm just breaking down each of the ones that gone it's through. Because wrestlers, like I said, they they put their bodies through fucking the worst possible treatment. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I think this is a good time to uh go into the promo zone, guys. The promo zone. I think we're uh we're we in the promo zone. Yeah, well, we've done uh, we've done quite a bit on the wrestling, 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 uh, wrestling, and uh, wow. after we come back, we'll, we'll talk, you know maybe forty minutes about MMA, the history, and how awesome it is, and things like that. So. Yeah, let's get into that promo zone. Right, but you gotta do it like you gotta do the promo zone like like full on wrestling now. Just like, if uh, you want, it's <laughs> way better at doing that. If hold on, I gotta get in the right. Talk about our store and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, basically, it's, do you like fancy dinosaurs? Well, of course you don't because they don't exist anymore. However, <laughs> if you go to them fancy dinosaurs podcast, you can get merchandise. And don't forget to check out our sp- sponsors. <laughs> in the <Yeah>. promo zone. <laughs> check out some of these sponsors. All these promos. If you want to feel the pain <laughs> of, of losing some of your money but getting some promo. <laughs> getting some promotion. Then come to the fancy dinosaurs.com. 
Doc.au? <laughs> I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Buy a mug. A $30 mug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Promo zone. Hey, everyone. It's Anton, host of the Discount Podcast. Look, man, monies can suck a lot. The weekend's over. You got to go back to work. Maybe you can't stand your coworkers, which is likely. Whatever the case may be, we can help you make your Monday just a little bit better. Check out our show, The Discount Podcast, where we talk about nonsense and anything and everything. It's always fun. It's not always politically correct. And it's just us. So tune in and let us make the start of your week not suck quite so much. Available wherever you can listen to podcasts. New episodes up every Monday. Discount Podcast, the DP. You didn't expect it, but you might like it. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our friends here at Dem Fancy Dinosaurs. My name is Nerd Bomber, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Every Wednesday, we have a new episode where we discuss the latest headlines in gaming, movies, and overall nerdy news. If you enjoy Dem Fancy Dinosaurs, we think you may enjoy our podcast too. Come check us out at www.onlinewarriorspodcast.com or search for Online Warriors on iTunes and every other podcast service. We'd love to have you join our podcast community. Hey, Carl. How much do you like podcasts? I love podcasts. Me too. Well, the PodCoin app pays you to listen to this podcast and every podcast. It's the podcast player that pays. Wait, it pays me just to listen to my favorite podcast? Yeah. All you got to do is get the PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android. It's free and it's super easy to use. Well, I use my phone every day, so yeah. Yeah, you do. And you can use the PodCoin you earn to claim gift cards or donate to charity. Wait, I can help a charity just by listening to my favorite podcast. Yeah, it's passive earnings just by listening to your favorite podcast. And it's literally amazing. It turns your podcast listening to charity. Or if you like, just some Amazon or Starbucks gift cards just for you. Oh, wow. I use the PodCoin app to do all my podcast listening now. And I love it. So go get it on the App Store or Android today. I will. Yeah, seriously, just go get the PodCoin app and use our invite code, DEMFANCY, D-E-M-F-A-N-C-Y, and you get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. Wow. 300 PodCoin just for signing up and using the code DEMFANCY, so go give the PodCoin app a try today. I'm going to go do that right now. Me too. And we are back from the promo zone. Yeah. Zone. 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 I don't know. And we just got done... Talking about pro wrestling, pro wrestling, <laughs> wrestling, wrestling, the wrestling, and uh, we're gonna be talking a little bit about mixed martial arts and of course the UFC because you kind of have to talk about the UFC, uh, yeah. mixed martial arts. It's the major, yeah, they're the billion dollar company, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're the big right. one now. Where should we start? Oh. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Nick knows he's our resident fighter. Okay. Start <laughs> yeah. from the start, yeah, you know, the, start, the first, oh, yeah, yeah. first, first thing, you know, like. The, the boxing guy had one glove. <laughs> what? Um, oh, well, he's, first, talking about, no, he's talking about the first, first, first UFC. We'll go to the very, very start. Oh, and yeah. that's actually in the 70s, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. And this is, again, related to... This is why we wanted to talk about pro wrestling and mixed martial arts because they actually both have a history that coincides with each other. Oh, okay. Mm. And basically, as I'm looking up on my phone to confirm dates because I don't want to be ignorant. Yeah. Ignorant. Ignorant. I don't ignorant. want to be ignorant. Yeah. It happened in... 1976 in June, uh, June 26th in 1976, where Muhammad Ali fought Antonio Inoke. And if you don't know who Antonio Inoke is, basically he was a pro wrestler who wanted to prove that he was legit shit. 
and he actually beat a Olympic judo gold medalist in a shoot match, which means a completely open fight between oh, each other. Yeah. So he wanted to prove how big he was because he founded New Japan Pro Wrestling. He wanted to prove he was the shit and who was the tits in 1970s in the biggest boxing promotion in the world. Oh. Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yeah. Ali thought it was fun, basically, because he was open to it because Japanese gave him a lot of money, so who wouldn't object to that? Um, but basically, they had a rule set put in saying that Inoke was not allowed to grapple with Ali. Okay. So they took away the grappling from the grappler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so basically, Inoke, in response, when he was told about this, he thought about it really hard and said, well, he's not going to box with Ali in his prime. Yep. So he's yep. like, I have to take away his punching power. How does he do that? He lays on the ground and kicks the crap out of Ali's really? legs the entire time. Yeah, to avoid getting punched. Because Ali has no idea about ground and pound or how to yeah. move in or anything. All the, again, I'm going to get a bit more technical later on talking about this stuff, but I'll break it down as simply as can. But Ali had no idea about grappling or ground game in general. So basically we had an entire 12 rounds of Inoke laying around on his back and shuffling while kicking Ali in the legs while <laughs> Ali kept yelling at him to get up and everything. And he did hurt Ali. Yeah, That's a fact. Ali was actually shown after the fight in, hot, out in his hotel room in Tokyo, <coughs> completely bandaged up his yeah. legs because oh. of how much the pelted out of it. But basically, that was the big one where it was the first exposure of like a fighter, a part of like a wrestler versus a boxer. Yeah. Like that was the oh. first like big international world showing of that it. That would have been super interesting to yeah. watch, actually. Yeah, that's what it is. just laid on his back the entire time. You yeah, were like, like, the fuck? Well, I can show, I'll just do a quick demonstration, but these guys will get no, laugh no, at no, it. No, 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 no. No, it's okay. second, second, okay. Yeah. Nick is now laying on the floor, guys. Yep, we'll tell you. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, okay, so... Yeah. All right. Oh. Okay. Oh. So, so yeah. Nick was just basically kind of laying shuffling on his side, back shuffling forth. back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, imagine that for 12 rounds. So, yeah, a lot of people don't take it seriously or anything. Yeah, they, they would be like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, basically, what happened for a while... Uh, remember we saw a guy called Minonaro Suzuki when we saw New Japan Pro Wrestling? I think he so. He's the bold guy. He was the, the lonely samurai. <laughs> you know, the lonely <laughs> I, I warrior. Think it, I think I remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically the lonely warrior. He is actually one of the first ever pro wrestlers to do MMA professionally. Oh. And he did it in... He was one of the guys that helped found a company called Pancras. Yep. And Pancras was called Hyper... It was called, uh, I think it was called Hyper Violence Pro Wrestling itself. <laughs> but basically, as it worked for their rules, so guys would come in like with the wrestling outfit, like you know the tidies and the boots, wrestling yep. boots on and everything. But the rules were no close fist strikes. Yep. And grappling was allowed in a in a ring as it was done. You could do so that was basically the rules. You could go for a submission finish or a KO finish. Okay. So no striking to the groin or the eyes. The, the standard rules. And basically, Minonaro Suzuki, if a lot of people know about the Tekken series, he's actually the pe the person they put in a green suit to record his movements for the Wrestler King. Oh. He is the character yeah. king. <laughs> so basically. Oh, okay, yeah, nice. That's cool. Yeah. So he had a history of that's where it started off. It's like a lot of pro wrestlers <laughs> were first getting into the mixed martial arts scene. It's then, this is the brilliant part about it, is that I don't know how they figured out these Japanese promoters, but they somehow go into like, the long, farest land known as Holland, <laughs> where they found this guy called Bass Rutten. <laughs> He's this amazing personality guy. He's been in movies and everything else like that. Yeah, I love Bass. And basically, Bass Rutten came there, and he 
thought as he always mm. did when it came to a fight. He's just like, I'll go to this one, two, and everything. And that's where he actually introduced that the palm heel was effective in fights because yeah. you weren't allowed to punch with a closed fist. So he would use a palm heel, yep. which is his hands extend out. And most people said, oh, that's just slapping stuff. No, it's a full strike in itself yeah, because you're yeah. taking no impact on your hands. No, you no, do your that. knuckles because, yeah. yeah, it's all going into your arm and like yeah. how you extend it, lock your arm into place kind of thing. So yeah. you just... Bam, break somebody's face open with that. Yeah, yeah he flat nice. he flatlined people doing moves and everything else like that. Yeah. And that's where this we get to another part of history of MMA that all comes together. The only person he ever lost to in Pancras was against a person named Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Ken Shamrock oh, actually competed in the very first UFC because Ken Shamrock beated Bass Rutten, and yeah. Bass was undefeated at the time and considered one of the best fighters on the planet. Oh. That's where Ken Shamrock learned his reputation as the world's most dangerous man. And then he, <laughs> he kicked that, wasn't it? He kicked that, um, that, that really big, it was almost a sumo wrestler. No, that wasn't him at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was another guy. <laughs> that was the first ever UFC fight. Uh, it was a guy. I'm thinking of the wrong yeah, these two, this guy. Era. <laughs> no, this is the very yeah. first UFC event. Yeah. Paul's correct on the fight, though. The very first ever UFC fight, the UFC was founded. Since I've seen it. Yeah. Well, the first ever UFC fight was founded by the Gracies. Yep, Everyone yeah. knows the Gracies for the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu because, you know, they apparently claim they invented Jiu-Jitsu even though Japanese people brought the martial art to their country. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, the Gracies. Well, the, the funny thing about the Gracies, it, it, didn't they go around fucking Brazil just fucking dominating the uh, yes. yeah, the, uh capoeira yes. gyms uh, and stuff? Yeah, just it like, was Helio Gracie is the one we know about. He's... Yeah. Uh, again, if anyone's a Street Fighter fan, he is Oro <laughs> in Street Fighter Three. It's based off Helio Gracie. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's based off. An old man, his appearance yeah. and everything. He, when he was a young man, he used to travel around to dojo. He used to be a dojo crusher. Yeah, and that's how he got promotion. Is when he went to America. His son, that's what he wanted to prove more than anything else. He sent um, Hoist Gracie, his youngest son. Hoist Gracie is about eighty kilos max, tiny in a full gi, wet. Yeah. In other words, that's how small a lightweight of a man he is. Yeah. But when he hosted the UFC tournament, he's like, Hoist will enter the tournament. Because it's, uh, back then in the UFC, it was practically no rules besides no gouging and was, no penetrating the, the ass. Also wasn't, <laughs> yeah, but there wasn't, um, there also wasn't actually any, any weight restrictions no, either. That was, was the thing. When you had an actual anything. UFC tournament, you had to fight three times in one night and there was no weight limitations. Yeah. So when you won a UFC belt back then, you are legit as they come, basically. Yeah. And basically, that's what happened is, what Paul was thinking was the first ever UFC match was, I forgot mm. the name of your fighter, but one was, I think it's Testava, the guy who did it, and the oh, other yeah, guy was Stava. a sumo. Yeah, and then and the other guy was a huge sumo wrestler. Huge, huge, yeah, and, and basically... He kicked him right in the face and, and broke his teeth. There, that's how the entire fight went. The start fight, he slipped out of the way, the sumo fell to the, fo- the floor on all fours, and when he turned, that's when the guy ran in and he played a perfect soccer kick, tooth went into the crowd into the commentators of blood and everything and that's yeah. when everyone watching backstage all the fires they were like oh this is where we're at and they actually started actually <laughs> getting serious about it and, yeah, and, then, and then they stopped and then they stopped the fight for ages and then as, as because like the refs had absolutely no idea how to ref this thing because it's like this is the first time ever. The first time ever, and they're like, "Should we stop it? He's bleeding all over the place, but he says he can still fight. But should we stop it and yeah. all this kind of stuff?" And they're like deliberating for like what, like yeah. 10, 15. Yeah, well, to break it down minutes. now, it's not we don't deal with that anymore because it's under the uh, Boxing Athletic Commission that he, they determine the rules of what we have now. Back then, this was basically 
a Grace, a great, one of the Gracies holding events say, who wants to fight? You'll win money. Basically, yeah. A lot of street fights back. Like, street it was pretty, much, back it was pretty much a street fight. Oh, yeah, every ring. time. Yeah, that's why you actually had guys like a street fight. Like, again, Kimbo Slice is the one that most people know about. But yeah. Tank Abbott during the early days, he I was just... I as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're big... Like, this big... They were, like, the most uncoordinated and some of the biggest guys that were not fighters and stuff. But the big, the big change point was is after... Helios, uh, well, let's see, let's see. Hoist Gracie won the UFC, the first ever UFC, yeah. and then that's basically where Ken Shamrock made one of the biggest changes to the sport that would change the entire sport. He got with a professional kickboxer who knew about it, uh, Frank Shamrock, not Ken Shamrock, but uh, yeah, Fred, uh, Ken's younger brother, who's really the the breaking point as the first real MMA guy. Yeah, basically he did. He got with a kickbox, a professional kickboxer, and he said, "I'll teach you grappling. How about you teach me about conditioning and striking?" Yep. And he's okay. like, okay, we'll do that. And they both combined both their styles and their training routines and everything else like that. Frank Shamrock went on to then become one of the first UFC light heavyweight champions and had five fights undefeated. And then yeah. he retired after that. Oh, shit. But basically, he broke down what you need to physically do to be able to compete in MMA. Yep. These guys figured it out. And they started making it into a pro, like an art form almost. Because yeah. like, they had to really, people had to start thinking about it professionally and breaking yeah. shit down oh crap so if you do this and start making it into a full science like a, like a proper sport not just backyard fucking fisty cuffs don fry versus that japanese guy fucking punching <laughs> each other in the face <laughs> multiple times where it's no skill it's just fucking brutal strike yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great match <laughs> and that's where we come around to in the part of the ufc history there's the the big, the that, I think that was the really the making of the mainstream because the big, the first problem with UFC there was a lot of people don't understand there was actually a big campaign by US senators and everything to get it banned <laughs> entirely. Like John McCain is infamously saying that he wanted to ban it because he compared he made he came up with the infamous quote, quote of human cockfighting. Yeah. That's what he called yeah. and everything. This guy for years, like these people for like for nearly the company almost went belly up. That's what happened because. Yeah. They would be fighting all the legal battles. All the legal battles and everything and trading, going to different arenas and everything else like that. And while this was all happening, while UFC was struggling, suddenly out of nowhere in Japan, some individuals who we won't be able to mention or anything, work for certain organizations, (laughs) basically decided to get together and said, how about we do what UFC does, but we do it in a boxing ring and then we get our guys who go out to different parts of the country to find the best fighters and everything. And I don't know how they did it, but they found a phenomenal roster for Pride. We're We're talking about Mark Coleman. We're talking, uh, like again, Mark Hunt, Fedor Melianenko, Mirko Krokom, Minotaro Noguera, uh, Anderson Rampage, Silva. Anderson Silva, uh, Rampage Jackson, Dan yeah. Henderson, Shogun Hua, Overeem yeah. was in there. Well. Alistair Overeem, yes. Chuck Liddell fought <laughs> twice, actually. <laughs> Chuck Liddell. He, he fought twice. Um, no, Chuck, Tito, Chuck Liddell got killed in Pride, didn't he? He fought twice. He won one fight, and then mm. he fought Rampage in the middleweight tournament where yeah, he got yeah. destroyed, and then he never yeah. competed after that. <laughs> well, Chuck Liddell just got fucked up after no, that. Yeah. He threw, they, they had to throw in the towel and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, he, he was... Because he... It's a totally different rule set. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty much, it was, it was about to die, so they threw the towel. <laughs> well, that was the big discussion about the Chuck Liddell match in the middleweight tournament is because Dana White, the president of the UFC, actually made a bet with the owners of Pride, Yakuza, of who would win. <laughs> and basically what happened was that was the first round. And that's where Dana White was saying that Chuck was going to steamroll for the tournament and beat Wanderlei Silver, the current champ, who was a murderer in Pride at the time. Yeah. The axe murderer and everything who earned his reputation for what he did. Basically, that's where Dana White was talking how much 
you know, UFC was the better product and everything else because they were just starting to get themselves out of the slump after all the problems. They were actually getting themselves some actual DC yeah. fighters and trainers and stuff. Yeah. But then, of course, there's that infamous Rampage Jackson promotion before their fights. Like, UFC ain't shit. Prize <laughs> <laughs> the real organization. <laughs> yeah. And he was right. He completely because destroyed. Different <laughs> rules, man. Different yeah. rules and everything. And yeah. and the big, I think the biggest deterring rule to a lot of UFC fighters was if you grapple near the ropes, the referee has the right to break you up but then reposition you back in the middle of the Sense, ring yeah. in the same position that you guys were. Yeah. And yeah. Chuck Liddell, I remember watching that fight and Chuck Liddell's face is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. He had no idea about that rule. He's just like, what? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, you thought you were safe. No, you're going back in the middle of the ring with Rampage on top of you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just going to keep going. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I also like the, the pride rules where it's like, if you're not interesting enough, the um, the ref can just give you like a yellow card. Oh, yeah. Oh, doing, yeah. If you're not doing your work and then the yellow card is like minus Oh, it's a, it's a deduction like of your paycheck. Deduction of your paycheck. So yeah, it's, like, it's a 10% cut of your paycheck. Damn. So basically when the referee was so walking around, makes, yeah. the referee actually had a headset on so people could actually see from his view as well. Yeah. And he'd be going, action. You could hear very loudly in the <laughs> ring. He'd going, action, meaning fight. Yeah, basically, and that's what but they keep doing. So you're being too boring, you need to fight now. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a blood sport. Like yeah. it's supposed to be pretty. Yeah, it's meant to be a physical competition. That's what back it is. on the um rampage yeah. Jackson and um Chuck Liddell yeah. fight. What were the refs told to just keep the fight going? Yeah, yes, because no how bloody it got. And yeah, shit like that. Because yeah. the bet, because as they said, the bet was so high that they, they wanted to make sure that Dana White would not be able to protest it if it yeah. was ended. So that's where they told the referees, if it's going bad for him, just let it keep going. His corner will eventually save him, but just let it keep going because yeah. Chuck's not going to quit. He's not going to do it in front of his boss who's watching him yeah. fuming <laughs> at the same time that this fight's <laughs> going on in the commentary booth. And, of course, Dana's not going to accept it until the corner throws in. That's what they had to wait for. It was Chuck yeah. getting pulverized to a point that his corner had to throw in the towel to save him. And yeah. was Rampage Jackson told to finish, like, to knock him out or just to make him suffer? <laughs> to oh, keep Ramp the fight going? No, yeah. Rampage, was told, Rampage was told to win. That's oh, basically okay, yeah. it. He's just like, this guy's coming out of the UFC, make Pride look good. <laughs> That's okay, all he was cool. told. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. they made Pride look good, but it was also kind of like, it was almost the end of, of Pride. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That was, like, that was the, the early days of Pride. Like the yeah. tournaments I mentioned all this stuff, that's the early day. That's the golden, I say yeah, it's one of the golden yeah. areas of MMA. You get some phenomenal matches out of all that stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of great cards, a lot of great tournaments. That's what we're a bit, uh, Bellator does a lot of tournaments now, which I really like. They I have gotta a get, I've got to watch more of Bellator. Yeah, Bellator's yeah. got a tournament structure, which is really good, which I think is better than a ranking system because rankings don't matter because yep. we've seen how they've done. But they actually had proper tournaments and Probably one of my favorite tournaments of all time was the open weight tournament. That was anyone could enter at any weight tournament <laughs> in Pride. So, and the opening match was Wanderlei Silva, the middleweight champion, against Mirko Krokop, a heavyweight. <laughs> and basically, the first time they fought, they had a rule of um, in Pride that if the if you went to the decision, the smaller fighter who didn't, uh, the smaller fighter if they survive, they win by default because you're the heavier guy. So basically, yeah. Mirko Krokop went into that match <laughs> with the I'm going to finish you mentality, yep. and he did in bloody, bloody fashion, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And then you have fucking fighters like Butterbean? Is it Butterbean? Uh, Butterbean's Butterbean. a boxer. Yeah, but he, he uh, I've seen a few. He's done mixed martial arts yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's ridiculous. He's the fattest, he's the fattest yeah. man holy I think shit. I've ever seen. Yeah. He's but so he, he can punch hard. Yeah. Like, holy he, crap. He knows how to use that weight in his yeah. punches to just, like, really swing. Yeah. Well, there's a bit of a science behind if you have a lot of weight yeah fat, there, fat there's people. a particular science that they actually have where you get like a 
use the mass to actually knock people yeah, out. Big yeah. Country, Big Country is great yeah. at that. He just uses his weight and his fat, and he just kind of like he smothers people like on the ground. Yeah, and he's just like yeah, with, his, yeah. with his actual like with his fat and. Yeah, people don't like understand when we talk about Big Country. Big just, Country, big Country. Well, to explain who Big Country is, he was actually a middleweight and a, just a jujitsu grappler. And he wanted to fight at heavyweight, and they told him he was not big enough to fight at heavyweight, so he got obese <laughs> to be yeah, <laughs> fight in the heavyweight. Like, he, just, he, just, he, he stopped conditioning, and he, he stopped like just dieting and stuff, and just started going to KFC. And just oh, yeah, yeah. his Facebook is always fun to yeah. see him, just like, it's another hard day of training, and he has a giant plate of grilled wings, <laughs> <laughs> wings of chicken wings covered in sauce, and everything else like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so basically the um the pride basically the pride era got to a certain point where again Japanese culture if they find out you're associated with the yakuza no one wants anything to do with you so they lost yeah. their TV deals and everything else like that and that's when Dana White was able to come in and buy the company for much much less. Yep. So wasn't it Dana White who kind of like exposed them? Yeah, Dana White squealed the second he got back to America after losing <laughs> that bet. after he lost yeah. that Chuck Liddell fight. Yeah, he, and he, like, he left you know before what? even the match was over. That's what was happening. He was yeah. he could see Chuck was and he left the building instantly and then went straight home on the yeah. plane. <laughs> Need to get out of the country. These guys are coming after me. Yeah, <laughs> and that's basically yeah. So that's what happened. So after that, Chuck Liddell. Oh, but if we off, we move on. There's especially one part of Pride history that we should always talk about because. This one fighter actually was the one to beat the Gracie myth because that was the myth going around during the first UFC and everything else that the Gracies were unbeatable because no Gracies had lost in between any mixed martial arts matches or anything else like that. Mm -hmm. And basically the first match was against, um, I think it was against uh, uh, Renzo, one of the other Gracie brothers. And basically Sakuraba clearly got him a Kimura. He was going to break the arm. It was very, very clear. And again, let's be an introspective of who Sakuraba is. Sakuraba has no mixed martial arts experience whatsoever. <laughs> he is a professional wrestler born, trained, and raised uh, who's fighting in MMA. He's awesome. And mm. basically, he was able to out-grapple and out-maneuver professional grapplers who'd grown up their entire life around uh, the Gracie family <laughs> and everything else like that. And that's where the infamous match comes from where Hoist Gracie goes, no, we're going to do the rules by our rules, the Gracie rules. So therefore... We have no time limits, and we get to determine when the that's basically no time limits, and then we have like a like to a certain amount, like twenty minutes or so, before we have a uh, break or so, and then you can continue fighting on and everything. Yeah. This match went for one hour. <laughs> that's how long Jesus. this fight went. Whoa, Sakuraba. That's the part is Sakuraba bullied Hoist throughout this entire oh. match because Hoist came in with the traditional gi, karate gi, and everything else oh, like yeah, that yeah. on. Yeah. While cool Sakuraba had the shirt, just the wrestling shorts on, like the tight pants and everything. Yep. Sakuraba did the kitty thing of just pulling the shirt over and just punching him under <laughs> that scene and laughing yeah, his ass off and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and perfectly to sum it up, the, near the end, that's basically it's Kevin Randall and Bass Rudin talking about it. And it's just like, if we're looking at a video game situation right now, the health bar is very, very low for us. Right now, it's not in the good zone right now. <laughs> and that's where the match infamously ended, which was Helios talking to his son and saying no, that, and you could see like the old distressed man of what he was seeing. And he's like, no, that's enough. And he threw the towel in. Mm. So uh, that's where Gra- and that's where the Gracies kept coming after Sakuraba, and he kept winning every time. So he earned the name the Gracie Hunter, <laughs> even though he treated everything like a, just a giant joke. Sakuraba <laughs> <laughs> like, is awesome. Stop punching yourself. Stop punching yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious, man. Yeah. yeah All right. Um, so now we're into the more of the modern era stuff and everything that's yeah, happened. Yeah. Well, um, 
See, I, I I got first introduced to UFC. You you first showed me UFC, right? Yeah, I showed you the and best of Rampage Jackson. Yeah, DVD. and like I started getting when uh, Anderson Silva was basically at his highest. Yeah, yeah oh yeah, he's the greatest fighter in the world. Oh yeah, Anderson and, Silva yeah. when he dominated the middleweight division. Yeah, completely. Like, like, like I remember when Anderson Silva fucking lost to bloody um Weidman. Like, Weidman. Was the biggest Every, upset. I just remember us all being in, in, in the room. Shock. And we're just like making all these who's Weidman jokes because he was like he was what like 9 and nine and oh, or was it 10 and 0 oh yeah, yeah he was 10 and 0 oh at the time and, but, but the fact is he didn't fight anyone of like in the higher ranking guys or yeah, anything it's like didn't, yeah. didn't know who he was it was just like this guy he's got a 10 and 0 oh, nobody wanted to fight Anderson Silva because he was just gonna de- decimate he was decimating he's everyone he was just clowning hunk, around hunk. and everything yeah. like that and then Weidman <laughs> yeah. comes in Who's Whiteman? And then all of a sudden, what? He broke the spider. <laughs> yeah, he broke he the spider. He broke the spider. Yeah. And in the second fight, that he, I can't believe he gave him a rematch. And then that perfect leg check, and he fucking destroyed his career. Yeah. yeah. He shattered the leg. Yeah. He shattered. shattered. Yeah. 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 So, but to talk about it, it's like, again, when Anderson Silva came around, this is like right after the Pride, the pride buyout and everything. A lot of the Pride fighters actually did tours elsewhere and everything else like that. Mm. So, that was actually a fun time of like, when Sherdog, uh, this is known as the biggest MMA site on the planet, yeah. it's called Sherdog. The forums and everything of just reading threads of like, why isn't Dana White hiring Anderson Silva? Is he that fucking thick? I don't get it. How many good more matches do you have to have before you sign him on and everything else like that? Um, but yeah, it's just like when a lot of the Pride guys jumped over, that's when UFC really took off. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. That's when they actually introduced like the light heavyweight, they had the middleweight, they had yep. the light heavyweight, middleweight, and just exploded because of that, of the mm-hmm. roster that they all got and everything. Yeah. Um, again, uh, and it's just over time. It's just everything else. There's other promotions came around, like Chuck Norris had his own MMA promotion for a while. Oh, really? That yeah. was the Elite X or so, and oh. that's where the we get to the crushing story that ended Elite X is that they had Kimbo Slice for a main event, yeah. and he was meant to fight Ken Shamrock, and oh. everyone was all hyped about that, going like, oh, Ken is back, that's fine, and Kimbo is fine, it's going to be a great stand and bang. Ken Shamrock pulls out at the last minute, so they get this guy called Steve... Mazzoni or something like that. He's, yeah. He's, but basically, this guy has no chance on the roster and everything, all the betting books and everything else like that. Kimbo rushes him at the very start and he gets a stiff jab and he finishes off Kimbo. Whoa. And that's where the commentator's like, Rocky's here! Rocky's here! <laughs> but it's just like when I saw it, it's like, that's the end of this company. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, oh, that's fucking hilarious. There yeah. was um, Donald Trump had his own MMA organization. Oh, okay. He had it for a short time. Mm. He actually had Josh Barnett and Fedor Melineko fight on the cards. Oh. He had um he had the infamous of Fedor knocking out Andre Olaski when Olaski went for the flying knee and Fedor counter punched him yeah. in the air, which caused that infamous knockout video and everything. Yep. Um Olaski was awesome as well. Oh, Olaski was phenomenal was as well. Awesome. And that's, but that's what it came down to. There was one golden rule of Trump had for his organization. If anyone tested positive, that'd be the end of the entire organization. Josh Barnett was booked to fight Fedor Emelianenko in the heavyweight yeah. super fight we all wanted to see. Guess who popped? <laughs> <laughs> Josh Barnett, who's a former UFC yeah. champion after he won, who popped as well. So yeah. he had a history of doing it. So basically once that happened, whole card canceled, whole organization canceled. Bye. Have yeah. a nice life, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Olosky had the, um, the world's fastest knockout for like a while. And then... Oh, I think it was the world's fastest match for like a while, and then it was taken, and then it it went down a couple of times, and then Ronda Rousey had it for like a bit, and then she, I think she still has the fastest um 
fastest submission. Yeah, she has the fastest. Yeah. She had the fastest finish and everything for the for the submission from yeah. the armbar for the Misha yeah. Tate fight. Mm. Um, it was Connor had the knockout record. That was yeah. thirty yeah. seconds. Connor uh, had the new one. one. And there is the new one. There's the new one where yeah. Ben Funky Askren's kissed the canvas. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that guy. He's you know, he deserved that kind of, I have to say. Like, yeah. he's a cunt. <laughs> yeah, Ben has had, had that issue. But everybody loves a shit talker. You, you need bad guys. It sells, it sells yeah. fights. Oh, well, yeah. That's Conor McGregor is the best but, shit talker. But, uh, yeah. on, that, on that card, you had um, fucking John Jones. Fuck him. I don't care. Like, yeah. Who gives a fuck about him? But Amanda Nunes, was it? Yeah, Amanda Holly Nunes Holmes? Holmes. She finished with a head kick Holy finish in the first shit. round as well. Amanda Nunes is a killer. She is the best female fighter. She is, period. Yeah. Period. She, she the 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 people she has taken down are just monsters. Holly Holmes a monster. Holly Holmes. She she is the best technical fighter ever. She was able to like take her her down. Cyborg, Mandy Nunes fucking destroyed Chris Cyborg. Yeah, that monster of a woman. The, yeah, I'm not even sure if there isn't some kind of you know like uh, actual cyborg implements in that. In that oh, dude, she, she, she's a cybernetic She's from the Terminator future. <laughs> <laughs> we just happen to have Amanda come along and stop it. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank goodness. This Skynet is not going to take <laughs> she her. Us. <laughs> but yeah, you just look at the last three people that she's beaten. It is Holly Holm. Uh, it is um, the, the top four that she's beaten in the last four. It's Misha Tate to win the title. It's then a defense yeah. against Ronda Rousey. Yeah. It's against then the next defense against Cyborg, where she got the second title, and then Holly Holm all in the first round. Yeah, just that's just ridiculous. It's like just it. like yeah, because who the fuck thought she was going to beat Cyborg? No, oh, like, no one. No, no one. No I I thought it was going to be Cyborg like I thought she was going to just drag it out for a whole five rounds, and then Cyborg would have got a hand raise, and you know they would have did the whole oh, yeah, this is Brazilian, we love each other more, and all that stuff. But yeah. no, she came out ready to fight, and she flatlined Cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> And like we're uh, talking face down, ass up, flatlining yeah. here, people. Yeah. <laughs> and that leg, that that head kick with uh Holly Holmes, holy crap, that was fucking a beautiful knockout. Oh yeah. You should see. Uh, I like Joe Rogan's reaction to that. He's just like, whoa. Oh yeah, Joe Rogan has some of the best reactions. <laughs> if we're gonna talk about MMA, we have to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is our friend, Mr. Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan, please, please come and. <laughs> to them fancy dinosaurs, we'd love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we never will. We'll never be invited or anything. He's like, way please, too big. Please, Joe like, Rogan. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, sum, well, to sum it up is our friend Joe Rogan. He actually started the company UFC like in the very earlier stuff. He was an actor first, but he actually was a national champion in Taekwondo. Yep. So he actually knew about fighting and everything else like that. And he actually learned, he's actually now a black belt of templated yeah. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Like, he was originally going to go down the uh, professional fighter yeah. route, but he... he I think he did a couple of fights and he's like, I can't do this. I'm going to get brain damage. I'm just going to get hurt. And so he had to find another career and he started doing stand-up. Yeah, his stand-up yeah. and acting was like yeah. his first big moneymaker more than anything yeah. else. Well, he got his break on what, Fear Factor. Fear Factor, yep. Fear Factor. Yeah, Fear Factor, that's when he was making, as he described, TV money. And if yeah. you're wondering what TV money is, people, this is a guy talking about of getting high-fiber cable internet in the early 2000s rolled up a mountain for him so he could play <laughs> Quake 3 online. This <laughs> is like, like I, I can't even and imagine then, how many yeah, thousands so of dollars from, it would have been. Yeah, from the fact that he did, um, he, he did you to stand up as well. Mm-hmm. And then he, I think he got the gig at the UFC. He, it was... It was right after he was on that show, Spin City, that he before yeah. he got on uh, UFC. 
Yeah. But he came in because a lot of the UFC commentators had no idea what they were talking about. They didn't have know what styles or anything else were. Yeah. And that's where Joe was able to come in and because he was doing jiu-jitsu for about two years at the yeah. time as well with Eddie Bravo, including his striking knowledge on top of that as well. So he was able to come in and actually properly break it down technically of what these people are doing and what are the safe positions yeah. and everything else like that. Yeah. And that's what the sport actually really needed was someone who actually really cares about it to actually talk about it properly and actually break all the stuff down and everything. Well, someone who actually knows, you know, how to do like what's going on on the screen. Yeah. That's oh, the that most, helps out a yeah, lot. Yeah. That's always the yeah. most, that's the most, always the most important thing because before like UFC one, the commentary you watch that it's atrocious. <laughs> so what's going on here, Martha? What's going on here, Jeffrey? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he just punched and him. Was he doing face. his, was he doing his podcast then? No, he wasn't no. doing the podcast. Yeah, so he he podcast didn't start like, his podcast. No, he started his podcast about again because podcasting didn't exist then. Yeah. You got to remember, the only people back he, then. He on, was very early with the podcast, though. He got onto that. Yeah, he, he was like on. one of the first YouTube guys, the guys to get on YouTube to do podcasts. Yeah, yeah. so and he didn't only have TV money; he also had early YouTube money, which is like no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Like his pod, his podcast was very small for the first how many years, man? Yeah, it was like oh. the first like few he, years. It was very small. He was making more money as a commentator for UFC. Oh, okay, he was yeah. making TV and doing his comedy shows. That's what uh, he always I said. I think. Uh, I think the UFC helped pick up his career as a podcaster. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. when they actually started openly mentioning that he had a podcast yep. afterwards and everything, and that's when his show took off because yeah. people actually got information that it existed. But yeah, Joe Rogan was mm-hmm. doing podcasting for a long time before people fucking knew he even existed. Oh, yeah, you look no, at his set yeah. when he first started and the video Don't quality and everything. Yeah, versus him in a dark room. In a dark like, room. <laughs> a dark room face, and his yeah. other friends in another room because they're Basically doing, doing this. Yeah, <laughs> he's, doing, he's got our set up now in a leaky <laughs> yeah. basement and everything. <laughs> yeah, for, for the longest time, man. He, yeah, so, and then he got big. Yeah, so that's why we always, but one reason we always bring up Joe Rogan is because, again, he's very actively a part yeah, of his the podcasts. Are fucking interesting as his well. His podcasts are always interesting, yeah. depending on the yeah. guests they get. He goes, like I said, I've been watching his podcast a lot more because, again, the, yeah, the, been, the guests have become way higher and like celebrity yeah. status. Like the Dr. Phil one was phenomenal. Yeah, that was <laughs> a great episode. Holy yeah. shit. Like his podcast, yeah, I, I recommend it. Go watch or just listen to a Joe Rogan podcast. If you want, want to get science people on there, yeah. like scientists and stuff, yeah. and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> that's if, just if, you haven't, if you haven't noticed yet, Joe Rogan's very heavily inebriated when he does his podcast. <laughs> he, 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 Lots he, of cannabis. Joe Rogan's galaxy mind meme. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you, you probably know, you probably know that his galaxy mind. He's just full of shit. He's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of funny clips to look up. I the ones, the ones I recommend to look up on YouTube is uh, Joe Rogan commentates street fights. Is a great one because oh, he actually watches YouTube yeah. fights and he actually uh, internet fights and he actually breaks it down. I love mm. what he's commenting over the animal fights. Oh, oh that's yeah. Like Joe Rogan looks at the animals. Yeah, <laughs> those are great ones. Like the giant crocodile jumping and it's just like, whoa, look at that. Well, what a crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> like the bears. Yeah, the, the bears is like, oh, look, he's going into side mount now. Yeah. And he's turning around. Oh, it, it, he's yeah. got full mount. <laughs> he's got natural jiu-jitsu, man. Look natural. at that. <laughs> 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 just smoke it up. But the one, if you ever set time for the Joe Rogan podcast episode, you have to watch the one if you're going to put time on is... Both the ones that Alex Jones appeared on, because they are a fun, fun show. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, God. Alex, that's because he's a character churl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alex yeah. Jones he's and Joe fucking Rogan. fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Like, because Alex Jones was talking about, what, Donald Trump and something like that with, like, Joe Rogan, which was pretty, yeah. pretty hilarious. No, he is. Well. He's talking about, diff- uh, when he first was on, he first talked about the tax break before everyone else. Yeah. yeah. The, the big one. And Joe before. had no idea about it. Um but yeah, the, that's what happened for a while. They had like a falling out and everything. The second one's better because Eddie Bravo comes in and yeah. Eddie Bravo's a full-on, <laughs> he's jiu-jitsu's coach. 
who's you know <laughs> been Joe for like over ten years or so and everything. He's a conspiracy theorist nut as well. Yeah. So the second he walks in Eddie Bravo, he's wearing a NASA t-shirt. He's like, "How dare you wear those lies in front of me?" He's like, "Well, how dare you wear those lies in front of me?" <laughs> <laughs> Another good one is the Elon Musk one. That was yeah. pretty controversial. Yeah. He took a he did he took a non puff of marijuana. Yeah, in a state uh, that it's legal, yeah. so yeah. A really funny clip is uh, Joe Rogan. I think it happened recently. Uh, is Joe Rogan reading Hunter S. Thompson's uh, daily, oh, his daily schedule? Yes, oh. daily schedule. Oh. God so damn! <laughs> if, and what? Here's a quick description. Hunter S. Thompson wrote the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. No, he did right. He wrote the book. He wrote the book. Yeah, his. Yeah, yeah. his. Type. Yeah, it's based off him. But basically, Hunter S. Thompson is a professional alcoholic drug addict he's yeah. a professional as what happens when his entire when life schedule yeah. it, it's what happens when you can get money yeah it's, it's it's what happens when you're a really like heavy drug addict, addict that, just, that gets money that gets money for writing yeah yep. he was actually a proper um investigator he was the one that actually made the whole vice journalism and everything yeah. that's what's I'm famous just, about him I, I love it how much cocaine he does during the day and then at night it, there's just a i think at like 6 30 p.m Time to do cocaine seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, and if you're doing it fucking since he gets up or whatever. Like drinks, cocaine. Drinks, cocaine. And then, drinks. Uh, like six, <laughs> eight o'clock or whatever, co- do cocaine seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's like wake up in the morning, he has Chev Regal's a whole glass over ice, like the, a whole full glass of Chev Regal to wake up for breakfast. <laughs> cocaine. Smoking cocaine. cigarettes in between. Cocaine. Cocaine. Marijuana. Cocaine. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like around six o'clock, have some weed to take off the edge. Eight o'clock, time to do cocaine seriously (laughs) that's it (laughs) nine o'clock take acid and everyone's like whoa it's like that's not impressive he's been taking all this other stuff in the between the the whole day (laughs) so yeah now it's time to take acid after all the cocaine while watching hardcore pornography yeah So that was his oh schedule. He'd wake up at 3 p.m. Daily and he would schedule. do that. And then, and then How long like, can you do that for before you fucking have a heart attack? It's like he, he's doing cocaine and drugs for like almost what, like 20, 20 hours straight. And then it's like 20 hours later. Now it's time to start writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to get That's ready. What it is. He wakes up at 3 and he does that the entire day until it's like nearly midnight. And then it's like, now it's time to start writing. It's like, yeah. how? It's like, uh-uh. How are you alive? <laughs> well, not anymore. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, back to the UFC, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've okay. got a bit of a tangent Yeah, because Joe Rogan is Galaxy Vice. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun to talk about. Yeah, uh, back to the UFC. Yeah, uh, the latest ones, um, John Jones, uh, Amanda Nunes, yeah. uh, that fucking, the, the quickest knockout in UFC history now. Yeah. yeah. It's like five seconds, was it? Yeah, Garbrecht, he knocked out um, Ben Askren. Yeah. yeah. Flying near the opening start, clean yeah. knockout. And so... Ben Askren, he he's he he was just a cunt. He was in a the previous fight he was in. It was who was he fighting? It was, it, um, it was against Robbie Lawler. It, yeah, it, there's Robert. a controversial finish because he went for a bulldog choke. He did it at the top of the head. It is possible to knock out someone from doing that. He was, but the problem near. was is that Herb Dean wasn't paying attention to Robbie Lawler. But at the same time, you got to understand. Robbie Lawler didn't do the right things to make it look like he was safe. He gave a thumbs up. Like, it's yeah. clear. You could clearly see the thumbs yeah, but up that's the problem is, so many different angles. Yeah, but that's the problem is we see it. Again, Herb Dean just magically doesn't see stuff when it yeah. doesn't work like that. So yeah. it was just weird. Yeah, so that's why it was weird and it ended. And the next part that didn't make it right was that Herb Dean told him to let go of the submission and then declare the match over. That's why Robbie got up instantly straight away saying, what are you doing and everything else yeah. like that. Because... Herb thought he was out. Yep. You know, he didn't do anything to really check on him or anything else yeah. like that. So, and then, yeah, after that happened, that Ben, yeah, that's when Ben refused to have a rematch when 
basically at the very start of the match, that's when Robbie almost finished Ben. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so basically, like, I don't need to have uh, a fight with him. I won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so what's the point? I won. I'm gonna win again. Yeah. That's the attitude he had. Yeah. So we're, we're, what we got to talk about is with <laughs> Ben Askren losing and everything. We got to talk about it's the two, it's the rival companies he came from. Yeah. That are the big ones as well that are currently going around. The one, the, the now current biggest Asian MMA league that's not in China yeah. is called One FC, which is in it's established, I think, in Indonesia or something like that. But yeah. uh, the Philippines, that's where it's established. Yeah. But basically, One FC had to have um, had one of the, had the one of the most historical MMA events of all time. It was actually the first ever company to hold an MMA show in Thailand. Oh. Nice. Because Thailand actually had it against yeah. the law of any other combat sport, if it wasn't Muay Thai, yep. would and not be allowed in well, the country. Who's the guy that knocked him out? It was, um, what's his name? I just double checked the name yeah, for that. But yeah, like to break Brazilian it. something. Because I saw interviews with him, right? I think he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he was talking about, he, he goes, I hate that guy. I hate Ben. I want <laughs> to hurt him. He goes to Joe, I, I remember him saying, um, I want to have the, I want to have like the, the three or the five rounds or whatever, right? And he mm. wants to push it to the maximum time and in the last 10 seconds, put him down. And he wanted to actually make him hurt. He hated how he uh, treated Robbie. Yeah. And he, he just absolutely did not respect this guy. Ben, he, he wanted to make him pay for um, how he treated Robbie mm. and what he said. He, he full on, you watch these interviews, and you see it in his eyes. He disliked this guy so much. Yeah. Yeah. And then he knocked him out in the first five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Still got on the phone the now. Fuck? Yeah, George Masvidal, that's the name. Yeah. We all know him because uh, he had that phenomenal knockout just only a couple of months before of in the UK as well against uh, yeah. another big UK fighter at the same time as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. George Masvidal has been showing that in – I think this is the – middle. I don't think it's the middleweight division. I think it's the – no, it's not welterweight. It's, it's um, uh, lightweight, is it? No, I don't no, think no, it's no. lightweight. I'll, just, I'll quickly look it up. For and anybody who's interested in this fight, by the way, check it out on YouTube. Just check out the highlights because the highlights are the is the entire fight. Yeah, <laughs> like from start <laughs> to finish, the entire fight is a highlight. <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well check it out on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, welterweight well winner. So that's yeah. the division George St. Pierre used to yep. rule. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's the entire fight. Go watch it. Um, type it in. Then ask ask Kissa what the fuck his name is. Askren. A S K R E N. Ren. Ask Ren. Ask Ask Ren. Yes. Askren. Ask Kissa. Um. So yeah, look it up. Check it out. You'll see the fight. You'll be like, whoa, shit! Like, cause he 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 just starts off and he just runs towards him. Fool. Just as fast as he can. Yeah. And just yeah. jumps into him and he I get, I, instinct goes in. Ben Askren yeah. just does an instinct and he tries to go for a leg takedown. Yeah. But yeah. he's doing a fucking flying knee. Yeah. It's going, it's going straight to the side of his head. It hit yeah. him right in the temple. Yeah. And he, he was knocked the fuck out. Yeah. First. Yeah. Spectacular knockout. Yeah. Um, can bring up uh, other great examples of just trying to think of other amazing great knockouts. Well, his knockout of Darren Till is one to look up as well. Yep. That's a flatline KO from standing from uh, jab, uh, left, right. Yep. Um, 
other great phenomenal knockouts. Of course, the classic that anyone, if I ever recommend a UFC knockout, would always be Wanderlei Silva versus Rampage Jackson 3, <laughs> where Rampage gets the perfect hook and everything. It's just all perfect, right on the button and everything. And probably one of the best slam KOs, I would uh, recommend looking up Frank Shamrock's slam KO, because one of his first matches, he actually won a match straight away just by slamming a guy and knocking him out. And I like the um the first Weidman versus uh, Rockhold fight. That was always really good. Well, that's the only fight they've had. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well when 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 Rockhold beat Weidman on the early fight, Rockhold won. Early early Rockhold, and then now I'm just like, come on, Rockhold, <laughs> <laughs> please, just because he keeps getting fucking injured. Get your shit together, Rockhold. Not to mention, like <laughs> when you see um him at that AK gym or whatever, I like. I used, think gives it the biggest shit. Like, I used to go around because I loved Rockhold and I was like, Rockhold, boy, uh, he's not going to lose Rockhold. And then, <laughs> and, and then Bisbing comes in. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, he, he's my favorite fighter. And then, and then, Biz, and then yeah. Bisbing comes in, a one-eyed motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he has one eye. He has one and eye. I, I love it because DC's like, you got to take him seriously, man. Rockhold's yeah. like, whatever. And yeah. then he fucking put him down. And he you can see down. DC's face just <laughs> yeah. back and forth, you eyes can see rolling. Him, yeah, <laughs> eyes rolling. You can see him like giving no. him the disapproval and everything. No. And even telling him when he's undoing his feet, he's like, I warned you. He, <laughs> you can hear him loudly clearly yeah. as well. Oh, man. Oh, Come on, Rockhold. He fucking destroyed him in their rematch. Yeah. No, no those pillows, they're, they're, they're full of. They're full of bricks. That's just the historical funny part about Bisping beating Rockhold, everyone, is that Michael Bisping's been in the UFC for nearly 10 years and it was then before the 10th anniversary of his, his career that he hadn't had a finish yet. Yeah. And that's yeah. where he finished Rockhold by a <laughs> clean KO. So. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, he, got that, he got the notice to do that like... I think it was two weeks. Yeah, it was yeah. So like a two-week so fight. So told two weeks beforehand. Yeah, but two some, weeks. Supposedly some um, fighters work better like that. Yeah, I th- like what's it called? Um, the, the <coughs> Nate, the Diaz Nate brothers. Diaz versus, um, Connor. versus Conor McGregor. Yeah, the first time they fought. Yeah, that, actually that was two days. It was yeah. two days. Yeah, oh, that, okay. yeah, Nate versus Conor was on two days because Aldo pulled out at the last minute for their match. Yeah. So they still had to go on. And that's when Nate Diaz agreed to do it. And to let people know about the Diaz brothers – is these guys do triathlons. These guys yeah, are, they're, are they're phenomenal. Got the they've got phenomenal cardio beyond any other fighter that I've ever seen. Like they can, can consistently attack for five rounds and everything else like that. But unfortunately, both of them have a habit of being too gangster and dropping their hands <laughs> and cussing their opponents yeah, you know, in the middle of it. <laughs> they, they have the definition of granite chin. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I would never forget that fight because I remember I was watching it with both of you guys in an Irish pub. Uh, oh yeah, that's down in St Kilda, and yeah, in St Kilda, in St Kilda, and as like was it um, Conor McGregor like kind of was went down the and started. He just stood up in this Irish pub and you're like Stockton, and I'm like, God damn, you guys, just sit down. No, and no, you, can't, <laughs> you can't, don't don't cheer, don't, don't cheer for Nate Diaz no, in that's an Irish unfor- pub. Unfortunately, that was me because I'm a big fan of the Diaz. Yeah, pub. yeah, yeah no, but I'm just like, oh god, we're gonna get killed. We're in an Irish pub and you're fucking going <laughs> for like going everyone's fucking. going for Conor McGregor, yeah. and you guys are just like going for like Nate Diaz in this Irish pub. I'm like, yeah. Come on, no, I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah, there's always some fun events that we've gone out to. I, I, I want to see a third fight with those guys. I really do. Yeah, well, yeah. if we do it, we're going to do it in an Irish pub like yeah. we normally yeah. do. And you guys we'll, we'll are going to go, go for 
like Mate. the Diaz, yeah. and, and yeah. we're gonna die. All yeah. right, that will be the end of them fancy yeah. dinosaurs when well, you know a- the Irish guys kill us. Well, that's actually yeah. a fun story. Is the last time we went to the Irish pub, that was when it was Connor versus uh, Aldo for their first match, which yeah. ended thirteen seconds. Oh, that was, that was oh my, shit, yeah. oh my goodness, that bar exploded oh, after yeah. that knockout. I got covered in like five types of drinks in there. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just fucking throwing up their hands like, Whoa! and then I don't know where the guy, the barman, just pulls out a bottle of champagne, just sprays the rest of the crowd yeah. and everything. I was like, the place went fucking ballistic. Yeah, guys, if, if you're going to watch a Conor McGregor fight, find your Irish pub, find, you know, yeah. find somewhere Irish, Irish <laughs> find yeah. somewhere Irish to go. Yeah. Because you're not going to get that experience anywhere. Yeah. It's, it will, it it's will amplify yeah. the experience. But like, if you're going to go for the other guy, all right, if you're not going for Conor McGregor, be quiet. Don't don't get killed. Don't get like you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. you, you're getting you're getting please. put into the into the police. It's like after after the after the fight. It's like oh, then fancy dinosaurs told me to do this. <laughs> no, we yeah. didn't. Anyway, we didn't do with that. Uh, with those guys, it's Conor McGregor. Uh, people don't like to hear it, and I've heard people try to dispute this, but he can't go the distance. Yeah. If no. he goes over, he's like, also a dick. Oh yeah, of course. But he 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 could. He's definitely technical, and he's very skillful, and he is dangerous in the first fucking round. Yeah. Second, every round that goes past, he gets less and less dangerous. Yeah, he really oh, yeah. does. So if you can just, yeah, go with it. He doesn't mm. have the gas tank to go that far. That Mayweather fight was the perfect example of it. He yep. waited till about the tenth, and that's when Conor completely gassed, and that's when Mayweather got to work. And yep. that's well, that's what Mayweather actually said. He's like, um, he's he's a good fighter. He doesn't have any conditioning. Yeah, yeah. he needs conditioning. Yeah, you're not going to be able to go up against a boxer. Yeah, but unfortunately, if, if he did proper conditioning, he would actually lose more weight and everything in the process, and that's yeah. what he's trying to make into a weight. And there's other problem factors when it comes to weight cutting more than anything else. There's that's the only thing I can say I like about One FC is they banned weight cutting. Period. Yeah. So if you're of this weight, you've got to remain this weight. You cannot cut weight to go down to lower weights or anything else like that. Yeah. Which is good because, like, you know, yeah. you don't get fighters gassing out that way because you know, <laughs> well there's more the health problems weights. that come with it with dehydration and of course again a lot of these people go to such extremes that it actually can cause brain hemorrhaging from the de- from the weight cutting at the same time because of lack of fluids that they're taking and everything um, another it usually leads to more injuries at the same time because the body is not fully sustained yeah. and yeah. it's not 100% is what it should be while still going through this grueling, grueling training yeah um, but yeah it's like weight cutting not very good no, I couldn't imagine <laughs> Um, yeah, well, Whitaker had, like, had the right ideas. It went up the weight class, and it was like, he was losing in, was it, uh... Light, band- he was like, he light heavyweight. Was he... No, no he was no, losing he, welterweight. He, he was losing welterweight. Yeah. He decided, oh, I'm losing. I'm going to go up a weight class. Yeah, to middleweight. To middleweight, because, he, you know, and, and then he was winning, because he went up, because it's like, the cutting was what was really messing him up. Yeah. That, well, he became a champion. He's currently the champion. Yeah, currently so you're the middleweight. You're Australian. Yay. Yeah, On yeah, your yeah, Robert. Yeah, yeah. Go, Robbie. Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, He's awesome. But yeah, to break it down is, um, yeah, that's just an example of how weight cutting can deter a fighter in itself because he's fighting mm. in a division where he's up against people who are natural to that weight yeah. and it's very not beneficial to him or anything else like that well, in the, the same meantime. same thing with Conor McGregor because like when you saw him in Featherweight, he looked sick and yeah, just yeah. Bone, and he just he, he, he looked, looked like, like he, he was he looked really, like a meth addict. Yeah, yeah he, he did. And then, and then he goes, <laughs> he looked like he goes someone up. you expect to run into St. Kilda in the middle of the night. Hey, man, can you guys tell me for me? That's how bad yeah. he was looking. He looked so sick and so ridiculous and just like he was like he was just gonna fall over. And then 
you know, or, and then he went up the weight class and it was just like he looked fine. I like, like that fucking big strut. Yeah, the strut. Uh, the Billy Shoulders Strut. The Again, another pro wrestling <laughs> reference itself. But Vince McMahon, as he struts the wing, is called the Billionaire Strut and yeah. Conor McGregor copies it. He <laughs> <laughs> just shoulders swinging his shoulders swinging his yeah. <laughs> let them arms swing while striding forward mm-hmm. <laughs> oh and then yeah you have your other champs you know Anderson, Anderson Silva fucking that guy was on top of his game oh uh, yeah and then he came in like was it Pride he came into like Michael Jackson he was like like that is that is a great <laughs> opening oh, it's like, a phenomenal opening Pride had the best openings. Oh, like, yeah. Like oh, people coming well, in. That's like, what I miss. Yeah, yeah, to talk about openings, people, this is when they play music to know when the fire's about to come out. In yeah. Pride, they had a full-blown fireworks and light show display, yeah. including a badass theme. Dancing. And, of course, dancing, other people that come to dance or anything Girls. else. <laughs> but it, well, not even that. They had probably the most – I always forget her name, but she's always worked in Japan. She does the voice work for the Underground Fight Club in the Yakuza games. Okay. She's a professional announcer where she does the whole uh, – Phenomenal voice this woman has. Who's the, uh, the the Mario one? I can't remember. Yeah, um, that was Sakuraba. No, Sakuraba, yeah, yeah, he yeah. came into the Mario. <laughs> to get this, put this in perspective, everyone. It's Kevin Randleman, a big, big black guy, comes out called Donkey Kong Kevin Randleman and then Sakuraba comes out as Super Mario Sakuraba. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And I, I love that um, the one with uh, Mayhem Miller oh, he's coming yeah. out with the Japanese schoolgirls and oh, the yeah. Australian announcer is like, God bless you, Mayhem Miller. I love Mayhem. I, I, he was great. He, he was a character. How awesome yeah. was his bully show as well because he had this like show where it's like he beat uh, up. Bully built Bully beatdown as well. Bully beatdown, yeah. It was just like he would get people who are getting bullied and then he'd get those bullies to fight MMA fighters and just yeah. beat the shit out of the bullies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot of fighters turned big name fighters like Eddie Alvarez, Andre Olofsky was on that show as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mayhem only did it once and of course he clowned around because he loved every minute yeah. of it. Like, yeah. I, I, love that. I'm gonna I, I love it when he clowns around. I'm, I'm, like... You see him like getting people in the headlocks and then posing for cameras. <laughs> I love that. I just love it. When it's just like uh, he's oh, a showman. I, I, I love the bullies. It's like I could take him on, and then all of a sudden it's like, do you know who you're gonna fight? It's me, and he jumps yep. into the ring. <laughs> <laughs> like, that guy was psychotic. Wasn't he like caught masturbating in a church or something? Oh, there's a lot of stories <laughs> of our friend Mr. Mayhem Miller going actually mayhem for a bit. That was mm-hmm. one where he actually got arrested because apparently there was a dispute at his sister house and he ran out of the house naked into a church and then they busted into the church and arrested him naked because <laughs> he thought he could declare sanctuary there and they didn't give it to him. <laughs> really? Yeah. He thought he could declare sanctuary in a church? Yeah. You can't arrest me, I'm in a church. <laughs> yeah, and then he did some, uh, but after that he mostly did like just movie stuff and everything else. I just think he's lost the passion to do the fight game anymore and yeah. everything else like that. Oh, it happens. Like, he was yeah. great. He you was you just, can't like, do it for that long. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it forever. It's not like, physically possible. You yeah, reach a certain Especially if you're not a champ or if, yeah. if you're not at that level and but, you can't make like that money, eventually you're going to lose and get hurt really badly. Yeah. All of his fights are just entertaining to watch though. You really should he's go a showman. Enough. Yeah, you should yeah. go and like watch some Mayhem fights. Yeah, yeah I really Mayhem Miller, you gotta look really, up. really, really recommend yep. watching Mayhem like, fights. Here's a question for you, Nick. If somebody isn't, hasn't watched too much UFC and stuff like that, what would you recommend some fights that they watch? Ooh, that's actually a good question. Yeah. I would actually, well, I'm just thinking of the matches 
I would really recommend the trying to think of what we've got anyone i would recommend to look up right now is a person called daniel cormier which i think he is the best fighter on the planet yep yeah um, i agree definitely uh daniel cormier watch a lot of his highlights and everything else like that daniel cormier is an example of what you should be as a mixed martial artist which is constant attack but safe attack aggression yeah at the same time with phenomenal grappling and everything else and it's phenomenal striking uh when it comes to matches and everything i would recommend when I think about it, some of the best ones and everything, like I said, I said Rampage Jackson versus Wanderlei Silver Free. They had the other two in Pride, which I recommend watching because Wanderlei yeah. destroys Rampage in those two. Like I'm talking about mm-hmm. Rampage knocked out, collapsing through the ropes, knocked out. Damn. Which those, that truly is always what, uh, great to watch. The classic I always, this is probably the most seen KO in UFC history, is Dan Henderson versus Michael Bisping, UFC 100. Yeah. That's when they both did not get along because they were both coaches for the UFC and everything for mm-hmm. the Ultimate Fighter. And that was the 100, what would happen was the coaches would get to fight and then the last finalist would contend and then they had a main event. Yep. And that's when Dan Henderson horrendously knocks out Michael Bisping with an overright hand and then comes in with an enormous bomb, which is actually his cutout for his artwork and everything of the next follow-up yeah. uh, strike. Um, other ones to really think about, so classic ones. Uh, when it comes to the heavyweight division, I always... Like I said, I recommend seeing Cain Velasquez versus Minotaro Nogueira to yep. understand like that was a big shifting point. When it comes to Pride Heavyweight stuff, I recommend anything Mirko Krokop's in. Mirko Krokop? Uh, Mirko Krokop. Uh, well, he had the, the move the left after, named Le- after left him. Head, he got yeah. Krokop'd. He was just like, he'd just kick you in the head. Yeah, left head. That was his catchphrase in the Pride days, which was left uh, left kick, uh, left kick hospital, right kick cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's a good and then, and then what? Um, he, like he, fought again, he fought against Alosky and then he got Krokop'd, like wasn't it? No, that was, no, against, no, that's no, against that was against Gonzaga. That was completely Gonzaga. different. No, oh. if I recommend other fights, Fedor Melianenko is recommend watching. He was called the last emperor for a reason. He dominated a heavyweight division outside the UFC for 10 years, which is yeah. phenomenal, undefeated yeah. for that long. Yeah. Um, again, when it comes to those guys, when it comes to heavyweight, even UFC heavyweights, like I say, I've watched matches from Randy Couture. I was a big Randy Couture fan. He was cap- People called him Captain America literally because he was a Marine who got into MMA. He had a lot of great comeback matches and everything for an older fighter too. He was like in his late 40s when he did all this stuff and everything. Uh, another fight I've mentioned before, <laughs> watch any most Dan Henderson matches. For phenomenal, um, George Saint Pierre is a must to look oh, up. Yeah, GSP. Jo- GSP, GSP, GSP is, as everyone calls him, George Sex Pierre because yeah, how because of his language, how he gets the ladies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is the guy that was always on when he was fighting. He was on every cover of Men's Fitness every time. Yeah, yeah. Every time I went to the store, he was on the cover every time. because yeah. he's phenomenal, not only phenomenal build, but he he just understood it what it took to win. Mm. Basically, come down. He was a karate guy, but then he learned grappling for UFC, and he understood how to Came work. Blanket. <laughs> yeah, they call him a blanket, but he they just said, lie on you the entire. Well, what does it come down to? When it he, worked. Well, yeah. as it comes down to, when he first started, he was a killer. George Saint Pierre was a finisher and a killer. Yeah. But when it came to later on, he realized he could play it safer and still do as well. Yeah. yeah. And of course, you got to remember, he's like one of the first big. But of course, I have to mention the match, which was the one that brought all the attention to the two big matches that brought most attention to UFC. The first one was. Um, Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell, which was their final, the light heavyweight championship match, which was built up for ages. Chuck blows through Tito, but it was a massive, like you see the celebrities in the crowd. You had like Nicolas Cage, you have 
all these yeah. big, like big celebrities. You usually, usually see Gordon Ramsay a lot in like oh, the yeah, crowd. He's, yeah. he's always Ramsay and Shaq always turn up to UFC yep. events. You'll see him every yeah. time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about the bloodiest fight? You got Robbie Lawler versus uh, Rory that, McDonald. Oh. It's like if you're looking for gore, <laughs> no, that's that's a Brady bloody fight. But I still say the most bloodiest fight that I ever saw. We'll still go to Cain Velasquez versus Bigfoot 2. Yeah. That's oh, where Velasquez splits him oh, right between yeah, the eyes at the very start and it becomes a pool throughout right, the yeah. whole that it's whole ring pool. before the next match and everything is just cleaning up after that one. It was I was just trying everywhere. to figure out why they didn't stop that fight because it was just like just blood everywhere. Well that's what it comes down to. It's 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 the referee has the, the referee has to the, like I said, the referee yeah. has to stop him when the fighter's not protecting himself anymore. Yeah. Bigfoot was still moving and everything else like that. He's just getting completely attacked and yeah. dominated though. That's the thing. And then he beat um over him afterwards. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot yeah. beat over him afterwards, which is a fight <laughs> he got saying, a car. Just, <laughs> <laughs> he got, a, car, he got a Ferrari out of that. I remember we couldn't actually um like, at it. that time we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't watch the fight and then we we heard about it afterwards and like what? He won? Yeah. <laughs> How? <laughs> well, to break it down, uh, other other classics to it. So I had not, the most bloodiest. I say the, if what what is the most gratuitous, I say, fight I ever say that still belongs to Pride. That was Sakuraba versus Arona, who was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu grappler and everything. Sakuraba went for a takedown and ate two knees. Ooh. And then when he was on the ground, he proceeded to keep eating knees for the entire round. Oh, I remember that. Because, because, bang, yeah, bang, just, bang, he kept bang. driving knees into Sakuraba's head and face and everything. And of course, yeah. Japanese referees are biased towards Japanese, so they're not going to stop it anytime soon. And it kept going, kept going. And you got to remember, Pride had a, a 10-minute opening round. That's 10 minutes of you getting consistently kneed in the face and everything else like that. And then once the 10-minute mark came, you saw Sakuraba's face where his right left eye completely ballooned and the other side completely was smashed and... Yeah. It was one of the worst beatings I've ever seen a fighter ever have. Like to see yeah. that photo, it's grisly just to see it. Yeah. When I saw it as a kid, I ran out of the bar crying because I thought he murdered Sakuraba. <laughs> <laughs> Stop and it. He's killing him. <laughs> here's the funny thing about UFC. As bloody as it is, right, it's still safe for their boxing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's, people think that because the blood, there's so much blood, it's you know, super violent and it's unsafe and whatnot. It's, it's not. Boxing actually changed because of uh, <laughs> MMA because it used to be for a long time that when boxers got knocked down, they actually always had to go to the 10 count. Every time, the 10 count. Even if the guy barely was able to get up, he's still like heavily concussed and everything and yeah. still had to fight. It's only now we're seeing that boxers are actually getting called off by the referees are now protecting him and actually they're yeah. stopping him from continuing and fighting and everything. It's because of the I'm gloves. Oh, it's not just because of the gloves. It comes down yeah. to it's understanding now about how much um, damage the human head, the brain can take and everything else like that. Because, again, you got to remember boxing history itself. It went from being bare knuckle to the gloves. And then when someone gets knocked down, they always said, oh, everyone has to do a 10 count now and everything. And it's just yeah. like, mm. but now you've realized after so long, it, the head is not meant to bounce off a wooden canvas, everyone, yeah. when it, especially when it gets hit because the person is not falling correctly which causes the head to bounce off the ground, which actually causes more damage. Yeah, yeah. actually causes proper da brain damage when it happens. And yeah. basically, I'm actually glad because of that change now where we watch boxing and actually referees have now seen that where a fighter is just way too hurt to allow it to continue on anymore. Yeah, yeah. because people like permanent permanent brain damage yeah. all that kind of stuff. And oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. UFC, yeah. no. Like, yeah, yeah. UFC, like they that. don't do yeah. shit like that. Well, like, except, as, as soon as the ref notices that they're knocked the fuck out, the ref will stop the fight. Yeah. Except if we'll it's stop. Mario. Oh, Mario Yamazaki. Oh, yeah. Mario, <laughs> oh, God. Mario Yamazaki, it's just like, he, 
he will stop the fight when he feels like stopping the fight. It doesn't matter how knocked out the other guy is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. No one, well, like, that's the thing. No one can well, dispute when yeah. the fight's over. Yeah. That's it comes even, to his matches. Even like Joe Rogan is like, how does this guy got a job still? Like, like he just doesn't well, stop the fight. Well, his fight's just, yeah. <laughs> just like, he, no, they're never disputed. Yeah, and they're yeah, never disputed. There's a finish. It's, a, it's finished. The guy is like, he's still like, you know, how could, many times, like, never, Big John McCarthy or whatever his name is, like, how many times, like, he stopped the fight? I'm like, nah. Like, no. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, but, but fucking, the thing is with know. Mario, it's like there was the one time I ever saw him actually stop a fight, like, that was still fine. I, like, he stopped it and it was, like, premature. Like, the one I time I sure. ever saw him. Yeah. Yeah, he's done one. I've seen one. It was really okay. bad with it. But he has a, this referee has a notorious reputation, everyone, of allowing fights going on when they've clearly ended. Yeah. Like, completely knocked out and a fighter's still wailing on and he's still just, just like, watching it happening. There's just, like, one point where it's, like, the fighter's all, like, looking at him. It's like, are you going to stop this? I don't want to keep the hitting o- him. The Overeem versus Travis Brown... The Overeem versus... Tra- uh, the D- Derek Lewis versus Travis Brown fight is a perfect example because Mario Yamazaki's the referee. Derek Lewis has clearly knocked out Travis Brown. He is flat laid <laughs> out and he comes in for three more giant bombing rides and yeah. Mario Yamazaki's standing there watching it the entire time. I'm like, what okay. in the Christ are you doing? He's out. Do yeah. something. But again, like, the, the, but again, those fighters are just so fast. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. As, soon as, they, as soon as the fighter drops, you've got to go in there and like keep pushing because recovery is also, you can recover pretty fucking quickly from a hit like that as well. I've seen yeah. it. I've seen where uh, fighters have been hit really hard and they go to stumble and the other fighter like goes back up because they thought they won and the other guy gets back up. Yeah. Mm. There's been a lot of matches because where they, they recover. Oh, yeah, there's lots yeah. of times where someone looks like they've been rocked and then yeah. they come back. Like So like, as yeah. soon as you do, like they are rocked. Yeah. And if they go in there for the actual finish, they'll finish it. But I've seen it where they'll back off because they thought they've knocked them out yeah well I but think they get back up so you it, you doesn't matter if you think you've knocked them out you need to go in and just start yeah. delivering the habit yeah the match is over until the referee yeah. says it's over i think i think that was like what happened with was it johnny <coughs> hendrix versus um no, no the big one was when anderson silver versus bisping when anderson oh, yeah. hit bisping with an enormous <coughs> flying knee when it was the end of the round yeah and then acted celebrated that he yeah. won the fight and everything and yeah, her thing like, was telling him no get off the cage it's just the end of the round yeah, yeah. Like, oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah so because a lot, i've heard people complain it's like when they get knocked down as well this is another complaint that they say it's too bad when people get knocked out They'll they'll get another three, uh, two or three fucking ma- major fists into the head. Yeah, right? they'll they'll mm. fucking go on and just do those hammer fists, right? Yeah. But again, like I said, you're full of adrenaline. You've been trained to just keep going at it because you have to finish the fight, and you you have to make sure until the ref stops you, you need to just keep fucking aiming for that yeah, head. That's what it is. The referee's mm. job is to the, all of it. The referee makes stop, the golden yeah. rule every time. Protect yourself at all times. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand what that means to protect yourself at all times. It means all times. Yeah. I've seen fights before where guys get staggered and fall <coughs> off and everything. The referee ends in and they protest and he's like, you're not protecting yourself. Yeah. That's how it because is. If you, if, you, if you stop yourself from, uh, if you hit somebody and shake them, right? And you stop yourself from fucking doing those hammer fists. There is a chance that they they'll get back up. Yeah. You need to make sure they don't have the chance. It's a huge pay. Yeah, yeah. Like you're in there to like make money. That, that could be the difference between getting like a ten thousand dollar payout or like you know a fifty thousand or yeah. even a hundred thousand yeah. dollar so payout. Yeah. So you're like they're definitely got to fucking do it to you. You need to do it to them. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and anybody and then who then says you can hug and 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 be all sportsman like after yeah, the yeah. fight. Yeah. Anybody who says that oh that. 
they've been knocked out, they shouldn't hit them anymore. No, it's until after the ref says stop. Yeah, mm. it's the same as boxing. The yeah. referee until the referee says it's over, then it's over. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's their job. Perfect to make sure. example, like the Tyson Fury versus Wilder fight that happened in boxing lately. Yeah. The heavyweight fight. Wilder completely. St- it looked like he's completely knocked out Fury. Yeah, like Stone Cold mm. dropped him, not moving, and he goes back to the corner, starts shimming and celebrating everything. Eight o'clock. Tyson Fury gets up and he's like, nothing's happened. Yep. And everyone freaks out because they thought he was dead. <laughs> like completely knocked yeah. out in the process. Yeah. So, yeah, shit like that. I, uh, people who make that argument don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. There's two, like, again, there's, people got to understand it's like these guys are not amateurs or anything else like that. They're not just regular bums yeah. fighting off the street or anything. These people have, have well over 10 years of martial arts yep. experience and competing yep. and stuff like that. They're being hit all the time. Not ju- it's yeah. not just being hit all the time. It's coming down to the factor of the level of competition. They're trying to act like it's a bum fight and it's like it's not at all. Yeah. A lot of these guys are very, very skilled <coughs> at what they do. They work, they're champions in their own art themselves. Yeah. All the grapplers come oh, yeah. from winning Abu Dhabi tournaments. Yeah, and to make it to UFC, to actually get into the ring at UFC, you have to have been fighting for like ages. It's not just fighting for ages. It's, ha- it's having to prove that you can physically stay there. Yeah. yeah. Like to get into it. There's even had like what the, like all, all the shows and stuff like um the... Well, they have the ultimate fighter. The ultimate but fighter to be picked like for that. the ultimate fighter, you have to have a professional fight career first. Yeah. yeah. You don't just get in for the sake of it. And that's where uh, Robbie, uh, Robbie Whitaker came through as the ultimate fighter. Yeah, yeah Robert came through the Australia versus UK uh, ultimate fighter, which yeah. he won the tournament afterwards and everything. Uh, the ultimate fighter is always... Like, that's what I said was probably why I made the argument that Mighty Mouse, who was the ba- bantamweight, like the lightest of all the weights, strawweight or anything like that, yeah was the best champion because his version of the Ultimate Fighter was every person that was in the Ultimate Fighter house and everything that was training up were all champions of their companies. Oh, And yeah. whoever won would have been the champ of all those champs to fight him, and they did that, and he won. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's why I made the argument. It's like he's the best of his division. That yeah, has yeah. to be better. Like, you can't... Like, wait, wait for wait, Mighty Mouse. Just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. He, st- he still has the record of most defenses. Yeah, yeah so that's, <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> Mighty Mouse. Beep. Yeah, but, yeah, he's called Demetrius Johnson, everybody. If you want to watch his Twitch stream and everything, they're hilarious as well. He plays yeah. video games and everything else <laughs> so, like that. So much, he's so a very fun. friendly guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I'm pr- I'm, I reckon that's pretty good. Yeah, it's covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, I think we did. We yeah. Did, yep. And Nico, like I said, he did the Kirk Cobain challenge, so he might be back next week. If Maybe. we can find the pieces of him. Pull <laughs> 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 yep, one out for our homies. I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking next week after this episode, um, we might do a Simpsons episode. Hell yeah. Okay, yeah. So we'll uh, go on to the Love Simpsons. me some Homer and his family. Homer and his family. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to be a part of that, Paul. Maybe. Uh, I might. We'll see, yeah. Maybe. Come on, Paul, turn up. Put the yeah, spring maybe. in Springfield. <laughs> we put the spring in well, Springfield. We'll see. It'll definitely be me, dipping uh, Nerdy Nick, what's in there, um, the other guy, Nick. Yeah. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. I might. Come on, Paul, monorail. Monorail, monorail, monorail. Monorail. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we talked pro wrestling today, UFC, did a good promo sesh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Trying to remember all the out stuff. Remember, Nick, the other guy, normally does that. Please visit our website, themfancydinosaurs.com. Actually, you know what? I should thank you guys for coming. Thank you again, Paul Tractor, yep, for thanks. being here. You're an awesome it's guy. It's always, always fun. 
Yep. Uh, thank you, Nerdy Nick, for helping steer this ship today. I'm yeah. giving the thumbs up for yeah. this. If you yeah. can't see it, yeah, definitely. <laughs> of course, um, I can't see and it. Thank <laughs> you guys for listening listening to us. Just talk crap about pro wrestling and, and uh, UFC, mixed martial arts. Uh, please don't forget to check out our website, themfancydinosaurs.com.au. Um, from there, you can find our Patreon. You can find links to our um, online store where you can buy T-shirts, mugs, hats, whatever you want. You know, I think we sell condoms. Maybe I'm not you should sure. look at that. Get some green Dem condoms. Fancy, yeah. Fancy not, condoms. Yeah. <laughs> get the artist to draw what it look like from the front view. So get a little <laughs> smiley face on the front. <laughs> you have lubricants, condoms, yeah. you know, whatever. All, all those fucking anal beads and shit. Yeah, yeah we did yeah, all that stuff. You're going to get people looking for this shit. I'm like, oh, expecting an angry letter from this. I was expecting a sex store, but I didn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> and, then now, so, and Nico comes back and now we have to make one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to complain. Like, I can hear now he's, he's just gonna be like Kyle did you talk about sex shit at the end of the episode no I don't do that. <laughs> well I just listened and he sounds like you're saying it no you're no. not listening right <laughs> 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 oh, yeah our website please uh, smash that like button comment share do all that cool fun stuff yeah yeah, thank you. yeah. thanks again guys thanks see you guys. later see you stay cool everybody bye. stay fancy bye, bye. bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.